0: Blood Talk Radio
1: It's time to strap our boots on This is a perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes In this life there's no surrender
2: To, I should say. It's been a long day, folks, let me tell you. Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And while we're waiting for our guest tonight, let's go ahead and hear a little word from the Patriot Journalist Network.
3: You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJ PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
2: Thank you, folks, and I just got a message from our guest tonight. Uh, we'll be on shortly. Uh, tonight we will be having the mayor of Quinlan, Texas, and uh, that is Mister uh, Donnie Brock. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to having him coming onto the show. He's uh, going to tell us what. Uh, He's been going through as a newly elected mayor there, and uh, we'll wait till he comes in to give more of his story. And I think this is something uh, that may be indicative uh, throughout the country. I'm definitely talking about the government spending irregularities shaping America's political landscape. And speak about America's political landscape, I'm sure your folks out there have been seeing about uh, Jeb Bush out there, saying that he's toying around with the idea of being a uh, candidate for the nomination in 2016 for uh, the Republican Party for president.
4: Uh,
2: If the Republican leadership and I guess the uh, establishment get behind him like they did Romney, uh, I think you're going to see a repeat and we'll have a a Hillary Clinton. So let's hope, but it doesn't seem like it if they do back uh, Jeb Bush that the Republican Party's leadership and the establishment uh, has learned their lessons from 2000 and what, uh, you know, 2012, or let's even say 2008 when they put in McCain. Uh, so let's hope they have learned their lessons from that. I, I just can't believe that. And Joe Bush, I mean, the di- the Bush dynasty is over as far as uh, I'm concerned. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of things Bush did that I like, a lot of things Bush did that I didn't like. Uh, but I don't think there's any way that uh, a Bush can be uh, whoever the president is. I don't think the nation is wants to have another Bush uh, in the office in the in the office. But anyway, uh, we'll maybe return to that part of the conversation. Uh, but first, so let's bring in our guest, and that is the mayor. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Brock, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
0: Absolutely, gentlemen. It's a great night. It's raining. It's freezing.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cold here in Ohio. Uh, I can imagine
0: it being too uh, too much colder there in Texas. <laughs> well, it was short weather yesterday. Polo shirt, cargo shorts. Everything was wonderful. It's done. Took a flip flop on us tonight.
2: Oh, I see. Well, maybe it's, a pol- it's like global warming. You know,
0: global warming <laughs> is what's what's
2: causing it. It's causing the the polar vortex. I just so,
5: want to blame it on. The that's, that's, that's what happened.
0: <laughs> that's my that's my go to. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? That's that's my
2: go to. Blame it on the pets. Mm, there you go. And you know, and we're, I'm not hearing you real well. I know we had some some problems uh, when you're on this, this show last time. Maybe it's volume. So hopefully we can uh, get that uh yeah, I'll
0: take a, I'll care of. I'll adjust up. my I'll adjust my whereabouts real quick. Okay. Better? Yeah, that's
2: that's that sounds better. It sounds clear.
0: Awesome. Martin. Yeah, it's
2: been uh, it's it's been a, cra- a crazy day here as well. <laughs> so um, but, you know, it's cool. And this very well may be, folks, the last episode of Bard's Logic Political Talk. At least for 2014. Uh, we may have a special edition. I'm not sure yet. Depends on how things develop. But if not, then it looks like we. Uh, We're getting ready to line up some shows for the beginning of 2015, Uh, so for those folks who've uh, listened to the show all year long, I really want to say I appreciate uh, you coming and being a part of the show in uh, in 2014, and we're looking forward to uh, getting uh, bigger and better things as well in 2015, so uh, stay tuned uh, if this is indeed the last show of the year. And I want to say hello to uh, my friend Isabella, who is considering moving to Texas and in about a year. So if you're listening to the show, we're either live now or on the archives, so I just want to say hello to her. Maybe she'll get a taste of uh, what Texas could be like uh, for tonight's <laughs> show. So, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to that, um, Mr. Brock or Donnie, as you will. What uh, got you started into uh, politics and running specifically for mayor of Cleveland?
0: Um, well, it was just—I've always been politically involved. I don't think I, I don't miss a vote, regardless. It—it um, was just—it was just a, a never-ending list of things that just didn't seem right at city council meetings. Uh, you know, citizens having—you know—what I thought would be absolutely uh, plausible. Comments, uh, complaints, things of that nature, and you know, just everything just continued to be ignored for months and months and months. And at some juncture, I just, you just have somebody's got to stand up and take control of stuff. When you have a a whole council of people who nod their heads at the right times, uh, but you know, just action is just not forthcoming. Somebody had to take charge of the situation, and I just—it was—it was more of a fed up than a, you know, I, I would like to address this just to be a better citizen than somebody else. It was—it was a matter of somebody had to do something at some juncture.
5: No, so, it,
2: no, I didn't quite. I don't know if I've ever seen, but uh, was there a sp- uh, particular party that you ran on? or platform?
0: Okay. Um, it was the East Texas Redneck Party. I'm I'm pissed. Well, everybody get everybody get out of the way. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm I'm a member of the East Texas State Coalition Tea Party, you know, local Tea Party president. Um it just, so there was really no organization whatsoever. Everybody was mad but for their own little separate reasons. So as I began to delve and look at the city's paperwork, um and just started putting things together just absolutely could not be they couldn't be legal and when i brought the city's paperwork to the city council they didn't really want to look at they didn't want to hear from me they didn't even want to look at their own paperwork and basically i started putting it out there i didn't i didn't really campaign for my election i just focused everybody on these big holes that we had and and the responses that we were given to questions um and it, basically everybody got mad about the same thing at the same time that's a very volatile mix when you have, you know, fifteen, eighteen hundred people that can't agree on anything for two seconds, and all of a sudden everybody's focused on the same thing. Why does our city not work with our independent school district? Why can we not get routine maintenance? Why can we not get the things that we move to a city for? And like I say, it's it's bad enough if a city will give you an excuse, we'll get there, we'll get it taken care of, and they don't. At the time, you know, two or three, four or five years ago, nobody even acknowledged that we had problems as citizens. They just didn't want to hear it. And like I say, it just, it, it just took a little, I, don't, I hate to say herding cows, but I just, you know, to turn everybody's head in the same direction to see the same thing I was looking at turned out to be a lot easier than I thought. So yeah. basically, And def- go ahead.
4: Go
2: ahead. Basically, well, I did, you definitely have some. You definitely had some people uh, singing your praises here. I've got some quotes here from some folks, <laughs> excuse me, uh, such as uh, Caleb Slinkard, who's the editor <laughs> at the Herald Banner.
4: <laughs> it says,
2: yeah
4: ahead. I... has been a breath
2: of fresh air in the otherwise stale world of small-town politics. A passionate civil service, Mr. Brock is trustworthy, honest, and hardworking. What he has accomplished in Quinlan his first term as mayor is truly remarkable. While Mr. Brock can certainly be blunt and direct, it is clear his passion is making Quinlan a better place to live and work. And yeah, Caleb uh, continues
0: to go on. Uh, go ahead. Caleb is the he's the chief editor at our at our county seat's newspaper, and I think he he had just gotten there. He was a rookie reporter. About the same time, I decided, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to fix this. And he went from he went from rookie reporter to chief editor in just under a year and a half, I believe. He, uh, I kept him full of front page material for a long time.
2: <laughs> well, well, so he he's, hasn't been in, uh, the
0: media for too long, so he hasn't been corrupted yet. No, I'm just kidding. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's he's like us though. I mean, he sees everything with his feet on the ground, and if and if you're looking at a tree and that tree is orange, something's wrong. Trees are not orange ever, and you know he he's he's done a real good job for our whole county, as a matter of fact, because you know he like me is like it, it's 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 some juncture somebody has to explain to me how come I'm having to ask for my civil rights. Why do I have to request something that was inherently given to me? By being born, being born in this country, and Caleb is stuck with that, and he's had some pretty horrific uh, headbutton contests with some people in the county, some elected officials and whatnot. And you know, he's he stuck to he stuck to his roots. And you know, it's uh, it's, it's 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 almost kind of like me. Either you love Donnie Brock, or every time he comes in the room, you freak out and run to the door. There's no there's <laughs> no middle ground. I don't I don't shake hands with people that. Leave a bad taste in my mouth. Ever, I don't pretend like I like other politicians who aren't in it for the city and the citizens. They forget I'm. They forget I'm a citizen. Oh, I'm a politician. I'm an elected official. I'm not a citizen anymore. I'm a. I don't know. It's, it's almost a, an air above, and I've shot exactly, all the clouds. I was about out. to say that. Mm-hmm. I've I shot all. The, I've shot all the fluffy clouds out from underneath all the politicians around here. The sheriff, the district, the felony district attorney. Uh, you know, my, a couple of my council members and a couple of my ex-council members, it's it's a – I have nothing to hide. You know, if we'd like to sign up and I'll take an IRS – you know, if we're all take an audit this year, I'll go first. But y'all will all go second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And it it was a – it was – who'd ever thought that a, that a group that had such a, a, a staunch, iron fist grasp around this city – You know, before before it was said and done, they turned on each other like a pack of dogs, and you know the infighting started. And it was, you know, I just I knew at that point uh, they're all they're all not covering up the same thing. They're all covering up their own little thing. You start protecting yours, you got to attack everybody else's. And like I say, with with every citizen in the town watching, it's hard to continue to pretend like you have a an ivory tower. Really, it's just a trash can painted white. And like I say, <laughs> when it when it started to go, it went fast. But you know, like my first day in office, um, when I reported to City Hall, uh, there was nobody else there. The entire administrative staff, from the top to the bottom, had resigned. The only people I had to still work for me were the chief of police, the duty sergeant for my PD, and my public works director. Everybody else quit.
5: Two things, and I
2: definitely want to get back to that, is first, uh, how was running for mayor there? What were some of the obstacles that you encountered? And then after that, I do want to come back and, and get the reasonings why, you know, so many folks resigned. Uh, but first, uh, before we get to that, let's go ahead into the first question. Is how, how was it you know running for mayor there, and what obstacles did you have to overcome? Say it again for me, please. I said, that, you know, just tell us your experience uh, while running for mayor in Quinlan, in Quinlan and also uh, what obstacles you had to overcome in becoming the
0: mayor. Well, the the first thing here, you know, it's small town. It's small town politics. Um, you know, our, we're starting to build some monument signs in town. I want people to know what – now that it, it looks like it's supposed to look and it feels like it's supposed to feel, it feels small town now. It, but not oppressed, militaristic. You know, everybody was fed up to the point of where they'd even stop complaining. What I noticed first was was uh, our local Dairy Queen, bless its little soul, was the it was the meet and greet for uh, everybody who had a political opinion. But I noticed immediately that I had went from you know a guy who'd walked in, worked in a law office for the last dozen or so years. Uh, I went from, you know, legal office manager to uh, questionable citizen to rabble rouser to uh, alcoholic to drug addict to drug dealer to you name it. It was just I was just shy of being a pedophile when I just said, okay, I'm gonna stop fighting this. I'm gonna embrace it, and we're gonna play this game. And basically, at the juncture of where, what I told everybody, which was the, you know, the, the truth of my life, I'm quite outspoken at my church. Um, I had, a, you know, a drug history from 15, 20 years ago, and I'm quite open and, you know, I'm quite outspoken about it. I mean, this is this is something that my experience can help other people not have the experience I had. Openly talk about it at church. Openly talk about it to youth groups. Openly talking about it to business groups. And basically, I just told everybody the truth that didn't know it, which wasn't very many. Uh, everybody had at least heard of it. But, you know, the truth is always worse than the – at least for me, my truth is way worse than the rumors that they dropped around. And, you know, I was kind of able to dispel all of the – I don't know, the voodoo, I guess you could call it. And. But you know, what, what,
2: what, I mean, actually, let to clarify, you're saying – the truth was worse than what the rumors were. Or the rumors worse than what the truth was. Well, I
0: mean, well the rumors, you know, like I say, I I I'm about 15 months out of work now. My city council would never approve the mayor at this juncture to earn a dollar an hour. It cost about $500 a month out of my pocket to do this job. And you know, the the dissolution of you no, know, you know, payment for the mayor. um, you know, the gentleman that I replaced, Lord knows, he had an expense account that was bottomless, and it was okay for him to write receipts on bar napkins. I'd just like to have somebody help me pay for my dry cleaning bill. It's small town, but when you come into my office, you come into my see my staff, We, it's a professional business office, just like it was in Dallas at the law office. No more flip-flops, no more T-shirts, no more short shorts, no more… Um, you know, it was, it was we were so compl- we were so complacent with less than mediocre. Less than mediocre became acceptable, you know, within six or seven months. And the business practices that that I saw, you know, the laundry list was long and deep before I was ever eligible to walk in the doors. The mayor, I didn't spend a penny on my campaign. I didn't purchase a single sign. I didn't purchase anything. I had a, I think I had a thousand business cards donated by one of our local printers who supported me. And basically, I took it to the streets. You didn't have to hear a rumor about what I said about anybody, because in the last two or three months before the election, I was pounding on your door to, t- to speak to you face to face about things. And just you know, I did everything that nobody here had ever done before. And uh, you know, all these people wanted was somebody to let them look in and see what was happening in the city. We're uh. Why do you think
2: people... you were you targeted and, and
0: demonized the way that you were? Because I was, I was teeth barred aggressive out the door. I mean, you know, it it came on over a course of you know several several years of me, you know, trying to get to the council. Listen to me, I'm telling you the truth. I'm showing you your own documentation. You have to accept this and, and help us as citizens. And, you know, month after month after month after month, they proved that, you know, that's that's never going to happen. And when I said, okay, today's the day. Today, Donnie Brock, the quiet uh, the law office manager, you know, I'm in front of judges all day long every day. He's gone. He's out the door. I walked away, told, you know, Told all my attorneys I got got to go, and it was it was hard for them. I mean i I did everything that I did everything for them. You know, I put their casework together. I had everything ready in the morning. They walked out. They just grabbed their folder. Everything you need for the day is in here in the order you'll be using. But it, I that office was fixed. Does that make sense? I guess I, where I was at was complete. Anybody could step in there with little or no um self-motivation because everything was caught up to date everything had been brought into the you know the 20 the 21st century yet where i lived was still stuck in the 19th century and everybody's looking around for somebody else to make a difference and make a change and when i realized these people that are 20 25 years older than me had no intention of putting in the extra hours in the work As a matter of fact, they had no intention whatsoever of even addressing the stuff that we were bringing up to them. When I decided to go at it, I rolled up my sleeves, and I went at it hard, and I was outspoken, and I would be happy to debate anybody in a a hell-in-a-truck-stop bathroom, for that matter. These people that had been here been here for years. They knew me as well as I knew them, and to be realistically honest, most of them knew that their days of doing stuff that way was over with. I think that's why when I dug in and told them, this is it. We're going to keep doing this every day until you submit. It didn't take a whole lot of time before, you know, like say you were either either out, you wanted nothing more to do with it, or, you know, you had to do the same thing. You had to fend me off every day. And, you know, just at some juncture, you know, to to have an unpaid position like we have. I'm I'm sure I'm the only elected official here in town that puts in, you know, the crazy hours that that I do. My city administrator's got a pretty, um, he's got a pretty he's got a pretty high total for last year as well. But you know, we we probably caught up four four and a half years worth of, of cover ups. You know, after after everything was all the dust settled, everybody was landed in their place where they're at now. And we had had a chance to go back and go through everything and get it caught up to date. You know, we started, you know, and even they had to realize that, you know, this should have been, this should have happened a long time ago. So the, the couple that are still on the council from back, you know, three or four years ago, maybe they've had one term, two terms under their belt. You know, they went in with this group that had been there forever and were just told this is the way it's done. And they just accepted it, but now that they see there's an option out there, uh, things are going five hundred percent better now than they were three years ago, and it's it's not not that they've all let go per se you know they're still there's still the little cliques around town that you know just dug in. doesn't matter now what I do you know we've started a four point one million dollar park project. Um, we completed our SSO program for our public works department, which was years behind. Um uh, the entire administrative staff. We've got our police department up in, in equipment that works. Um, most of it's brand new, for that matter. Uh, we fixed all of the things in all of our city's buildings that had just been neglected for years and years and years. And it's... It's hard to explain because I'm using the same budget amount that this group used all these years. The only difference is, is this year I did more than I did last year, and I still came in $400, $400, $400,000 on the budget. So, you know, for me, myself, you can't tell me that at any juncture what you were doing past three years ago was acceptable. Because we spent our budget down to the penny. There was no equipment. Our PD is using cars that are 10, 15 years old. The new, per- the new vehicle purchased from last year and the new pe- vehicle purchased for this year rotating the fleet, getting out. It's the first time that had been done in twelve or fourteen years. You you can't neglect a, a department that provides a, a vital service to citizens. You can't allow it to wither on the vine. You just can't. Um, it, it, it not only you know were they willing to do that. It was perfectly acceptable. And like I I just, you know, the, the hard feelings for me here that these people have is because I gave them all a fat lip. If you weren't 100% willing to help me change this place, you know, use my idea. Let's get rid of the bad things first. We'll see what's left. We can fix the good things. And if you weren't down with that, then I've just railroaded you uh, with, you know, with no consideration to your feelings or your uh precious little, you know, thoughts about the way things was supposed to work. I think that as an elected official, if you are just lukewarm, you're worse than an elected official that's non existent, you're way worse than an elected official that's just full force headed in the wrong direction. You've got to stand for something and you've got to work with what you've got. But you can't let everything wither away on the vine, you know, spend the funding that they were spending. And, and have nothing, you know, crappy roads, uh, a substandard lighting, you know, a security lighting. Even our street lights. You know, one in three was out, been out for years. I didn't know till I got here that it's a simple matter of a program that every city has access to for TXU electrical. You just click open a map. It shows you your streets. It shows you where the lights are located. And if there's an, a, a problem with one, you simply click a checkbox. Within 40 hours, somebody from TXU will go right to that poll. They will test it, fix whatever's wrong, and go about their happy way. So it wasn't like we had to pay for these things to be done, a lot of them. They just had to be addressed. And when you can't get the things that the citizens rightfully deserve addressed at the very least, you know, hey, Mr. Brock, I try to get that taken care of by TxDOT. They said they're just not going to be able to do it for you. I can handle that. But, you know, after six months, hey, Mr. Brock, we just, we just got around to it. That's just – that's unacceptable. I do this job 110% every day as long as it takes. You know, I've got half the city noticing that, oh, Mr. Brock's up here sometimes at 10 o'clock at night pounding away at that computer. I'm shopping for new businesses for this city. I've got a great city planner. i my city administrator, Mr. John Adele, and he has the ability to look at a blank canvas. He can look at 60 acres of land. And freehand sketch your new strip center, your new, your new technology part, or your your new emergency uh, substation. I, I don't I don't necessarily have that. If he can draw it for me, I can build it. But the just the insight and the ability to think outside the box, our city has not had that for forever, and it's 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 nice to see the citizens that come in City Hall that have a smile on their face that I've known for 40 years that I don't think I've ever saw them smile. It's it's good to know that we were able to take everything well, back and give it back to the people who were supposed to have it the whole time to begin with. It really is. So hey, tell us about,
2: uh, Does this be a good segue into uh, the next half hour and then, uh, to the hour after that, is uh, tell us about the spending irregularities uh, that you found. Because now we're going to uh, talk about, you know, what, what types of you – because know, this is, I'm sure, happening all across the country, and, of course, not just lo- in local governments, such as city governments, but also happening, you know, nationally. Um, with spending. Oh, spending. I think we'll, we'll need to have politicians, you know, who are going to be, you know, legislators, things of that nature, who are going to keep a, a watchful eye and actually do something about spending ele- irregularities. So tell us about
0: uh, what you're experiencing there in Cleveland. Well, you know, it's going back, and it, it all started with a particular audit that we had. Um, my city had, for whatever reason, for the last dozen years, they'd used the same audit. They'd used the very exact same audit company year after year after year. And, you know, for me, I'm not a, you know, I'm by no means a city treasurer, but, you know, this is not always rocket science. If you're going to have somebody check your books over and over and over and over, what's to keep them from being the one who's cooking the numbers? They have access to the funds, they have access to the vault, they have access to the uh, the accounting software. I mean, it's it's very simple. And when I started requesting uh, some of the Excel, you know, the spreadsheet paperwork, which you know, the I, I got every tap dancing excuse there was as to why I shouldn't have that, why I couldn't have it, why it was against the law. And I stayed adamant, I stayed on our attorney general's butt for weeks at a time uh, as I started to receive documentation what you know what wasn't redacted ridiculously uh, what I was able to find out was that not not once did I get exactly what I asked for, not once did I ever get the doc you know the exact documentation I had requested. What I got was a fine semblance thereof, and what became obviously apparent out of the gate was that, you know, our our budget money that was being spent and the items that we were showing that we had purchased, they just did not exist. Bobcat backhoe service trucks, compressor generator. You know, myself and and even you know people like Councilman Chris Kaiser, um, ex mayor. Sharon Wright, or Sharon Rule, I'm sorry, when, when I talk to these people about this equipment, and I get to driving around and looking on all of our city properties to try to locate this stuff, it's non-existent. And after speaking to a couple of the ex-mayors and a couple of the other council members, you know, basically they had all quit for the same reason. I'm tired of bumping my head against the wall like an insane person trying to get these five people to use their individual talents to make up their mind for themselves because they would show up to meetings. Uh, the votes are going to go five to zero. You can tell by the looks on their face. The uh the inability to not poll your other council members, the inability not to call three or four of them in a night and and pitch what you would like to have. It it was just overwhelming for them. Like I say, they would get the agendas on Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. to give them the weekend to go over everything. Monday night at the meeting, like I say, they come in as a, basically a group. And it was obviously apparent that they had just been at a two-day city council meeting, and they're ready to let us all know what their determinations are. And just, like I say, picking that apart, getting them all together, asking them the questions I had, well, you know, we're showing that we're paying service monthly on a tractor. We're showing that we're paying money on a bobcat. We'll come to find out that our our consultant to the city had basically told our council members that, well, we we just don't have enough money to purchase these items. So I went and purchased them myself, and I'm leasing them back to the city. Well,
2: well, so ever, where's ever all this per- money? Where did all this every, money for these? Equipment and maintenance go
0: Well it's you know it's, It was just misappropriated I mean my my forensic auditor That came in day one I called the bank in Stop everything Everything I want everything squared away I want stop checks put in place You know at 8 o'clock this morning Everything that happens from eight o one Until you know the future ends Was a A, a, a transaction that I signed my name to Everything that happened before this day, I wanna have a I wanna have a nice little buoy put in the water that so shows on this side was you know, everything that happened before Mr. Brock got here on this side is everything he's done since he's taken over. And they I don't know the bank came in, uh I got with the chief of police in, in Dallas and talked to the chief deputy in Houston County and they lined me out with a forensic auditor. And basically I paid $20,000 for him to confirm everything I gave to him. But, you know, again, I had a city council of of five members who weren't even going to listen to what I had to say. They didn't want to hear it from me. Mm. Oh, this is a, a personal vendetta. Well, it really wasn't. I mean, it got twisted into that. But what it was was payroll fraud. What it was was governmental theft. What it was was destruction of governmental property. And you know my 1st life let's say we'll go back to my first day in office. We walk in, there's no staff whatsoever. They've quit from the, they've quit from the filing clerk to the consultant of the city. And walking into my office, there was not a document one in there. Filing cabinets were empty. Uh, you know there's not there's nothing in the in the desk drawers but half a box of you know, Twizzlers or some kind of licorice candy and a handful of pins. Well, you can't work in an office for ten years and accrue nothing more than a handful of you know off-brand off-brand name pens. It's impossible. Stumble outside of the parking lot, go over to the dumpster. Well, lo and behold, six long and leaf bags full of shredded documents. Some handwritten, some on small pieces of paper, some some on legal pads. You know, a lot of it was financial transaction stuff because you could pick it out, and it was just nothing but. But numerical information on there, I think. Okay, well, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of it's bank records, a lot of it's accounting stuff. We'll set the personal off to the side. We'll dig into this, and I say, Mister Alexander came down and took a snapshot of our accounting software. He said, "I'll let you know something in two days." So he called me back and he asked me about our last audit, and I said, "No, I I that's that lady's feet to the floor. She stated on the record, hands down, that they found no." issues with internal controls that seemed out of the ordinary or were not properly um set up with the proper security controls to make sure that you know there was not a way to get at the money. And I thought, well, you know, they're our order, they've been in for ten years, they should know what's happening. And mm-hmm. You know, you 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 trust the people that you pay money to police you for. They've got nothing to lose. I'm asking them to find stuff wrong with my the way I run this office now. You know, we have a we have a, a memo line on the check which must contain the number now for the billed invoice. It must contain the uh, at least the last name of the department head or the employee who authorized this purchase. And when you bring that to me for me to you know to write the check to the Vendor, if all that's not there, you just bought that $17,000 part. Everybody at every level of this city now is upholding the appropriate amount of responsibility for their position. Before, it was one guy no, that didn't he micromanaged everything, including the council. Is
2: there, any, is there going to be any kind of investigation on, on individuals who may have misappropriated the funds?
0: Well – I mean it's 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 hard to ask my counsel right now. I mean I have till sixty four days after the election, which it's mid May. I've already asked the counsel, I, I I mean I filed a case myself with the felony district attorney's office. But you know, you you step from our city to the county, you seem to kind of fall into a little bit more of the good old boy system because, you know, the the cousin or the yeah, the cousin to our city consultant well, he's a partner at one of the larger farms at our county seat. Mm. You know, we just we just purchased a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Starting city early, building. huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um we just purchased a hundred and fifty thousand dollar city council building, which was a bank that was built I was one year old when they built the Quinlan State Bank, nineteen sixty nine. That was the heyday of asbestos, just for later on the conversation. But you know, when I got to doing some checking about this building the council was looking into, I was like, Well, hell, this thing's listed for one hundred fifty thousand. If it's listed for one hundred fifty thousand, and you want to go in there and pay them cash, um, you would never pay the asking price, never. That's ridiculous. And then when you have a building that has no certificate of occupancy, nor do you have any real idea of how much upgrading is going to have to do to get the house or the building in, you know, up to code. And, you know, all the different items we inspect, plumbing, structure, uh, electrical, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's the way he, he told the council or consultant that, you know, $150,000 buys the building, another $60,000 will complete the remodel. Well, I, I knew that number was far-fetched. This building's been empty for years, you know, not to mention the fact that 1969 is when they used asbestos for everything from chapstick to uh, mortar that you would tape and bed a house with. Mm-hmm. And I asked the council. Yeah, that's straight. pretty bad. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And, you know, th- the worst part is, is you know, everybody told me you're crazy. It's not. It's not. It's not. But the truth of the matter is, is they found asbestos on every surface in every room of that building. And I had to report my own city to the Texas Health Commission to get somebody down here to stand up to that council and tell them, you know, Mr. Brock told you it was a crime, and he told you that because it is. It is a crime, and, you know, the next person that goes in that building, it's a $10,000 There a, I think, I believe it was $10,000 per violation per day. Wow. And – and you know, of course, like I said, they gave us a they gave us a freebie, a pass on it to get the uh, the proper abatement people out there. You know, they did the test. Right, one right. Two weeks to get the test back, but like I said, guy told us the test. The shit's in the carpet fiber. It's in the mastic under the carpet. It's in the carpet padding. It's in the paint that you put the painted the trim in, but it's not in the paint that you paint the walls with. It's in the desks. It's in the vents. It's in the drops. Even it's in the. It was. It was insane that our city was fixing to stomp this place with people who had no idea. You know. Of course, they popped their own little comments into our local newspaper. That's about four pages long and comes out once a week about how asbestos is no longer considered a health hazard. That. Uh, the rumors about the asbestos in the city hall building were greatly over-exaggerated when they were actually greatly under-exaggerated. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I say, you had my group of people that stayed with me a lot. And I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm at my house with 15 people. I'm spreading documents out on the floor so we can all get to them. I've got lawyers look at this stuff, doctors, engineers, you know, your average blue-collar worker standing right next to your, elect, you know, your elected official from one of our nearest towns because I work for more than 10 days with a volunteer staff. You know, praise the Lord that my volunteer staff came here because it was the right thing to do because I couldn't have paid any of them anyway because my council was not about to cough up one cent of contract labor work to help these people that had kept our city open for the last 10 days a little relief for their vested investment. And, you know, I'll be honest. I think I've expensed out seven dollars and sixty cents in the last fifteen months. I you know, I stay I steer clear on the other side of the fence from tangible cash you can touch. Uh all of the all of the different security features that we sat around And you know, kind of war council style. John Adele brought his, you know, his knowledge back from Greenville. My public works director had just got here from Lebanon. Uh, my city secretary worked with him and bon, and, you know, getting these people from different cities all sitting down on the floor, I realized by holding the Texas local government code in my lap, looking at the problem with my own two eyes, listening to what everybody else has to, to offer, uh, you know, at that juncture that my mind is made up, we can do this. I figured it out. Here's how I'm going to fund it. Here's how I'm going to get the labor. Here's how I'm going to get the materials. Um it's it's different here than it was a year ago. These people didn't talk to each other. It it was it was a hundred and eighty degrees clockwork orange from what I was used to here my whole life. And just watching our community open up. You know, if you if you need a job, you come and see me. And I'll hop on my Facebook and I'll put your you know, I'll I'll put your skill level, your your skill sets out there on my Facebook page. And you'll have a job in 11 minutes, at least, you know, an opportunity for a job. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, I spoke to you right before you told me we're going on the air. I mean, I just walked in the door not very long ago at all from one of my non profit organizations I work at. Um, you know, I, I have weird kids like that. We'll go back to the rumor mill. You know, my weird comings and goings are because there's only so many hours in the day to take care of the commitments I've made. Somehow, I just thought would always be above the above the belt to not have your council members actually retort at a meeting before you get there about the hours you keep without actually having any idea, you know, what I do. I mean, you know, I, I would right. never do it in a corporate setting ever, and you know, damn sure would never do it as a board member. It's just they're so used to having nobody to say answer to. Yelling out at city council meetings, yelling at yelling at the citizens at city council meetings. Uh, well it, it, it was it was shock, you know, because the only the only board meetings I've ever been to were, you know, it, it is what it is. You speak out of line, you don't have permission to to take the floor, you don't get just to jump up and filibuster whatever part of this meeting you don't like. And you know, the, the, picture Dallas County Court. That was that was my that was my. My experience In you know A professional setting And I did it For a long time And I don't know I, I've I've got a, a bunch of Elected officials Most of whom Want to be the mayor At any given time That they decide To take the council Members hat off And not vote They'd like to Set the agenda They'd like to Come mm-hmm. in and issue To the staff But the truth Of the matter is They don't have any idea What's going on In my office From one day To the next And it's It's it saddens me, and I, I know this happens from, you know, well below our level to well up the top. Um, would, it's, would you consider it, taking someone
2: maybe as a protege or somebody to take someone under, under your wing?
0: Well, one of the things I did when I finally fought my way into my office and I fought all of them out of my office, uh, they tried several times to adjust the powers and duties of the mayor. Uh, you know they were basically beating our municipal attorney to death, calling him with every little whimsical thing they had, until I found out about it and said, well, "This it. is over. This is over. We're going to follow the rules. And you haven't. You've been here twelve years. You haven't bothered learning them. Let's go back to the beginning. You speak when I ask you to speak. You vote when I ask you to vote. Because here as mediator, I've got to make sure that you know some of these. Some of this legislation that I write, it's it's very well worded for a reason." But at the same time, you have to be able to sit down at that meeting, and as I'm reading off the next agenda item, I don't just read my legal workshop. I have to try to explain it to, you know, citizens, uh, you know, civilians who may not have the education to understand what we're doing. But he may have a legitimate complaint. He just can't understand what I'm talking about. So you know, we've I've shifted the way that I do business to allow the citizens to have as much input. As the council members, the council members have been studying this stuff for the last seventy-two hours. They should be pretty hip on it. If not, they've had plenty of time to come sit with me and have me explain to them in layman's terms what this means. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's now that it's straightened out. Thinking about how bad it really was seems very, very surreal. Um, that I realized that you know, if I hadn't have done this, this would not have changed two degrees starboard or we would be headed right for the rocks like we were. And we have over two years of accrued wealth in the bank. If we didn't if I continue to spend money on our bills just like I am now, I'm buying police cars, I'm putting, you know, a quarter to a half million dollars that I can shave off this budget later on in the month right back into the park. Uh I'm forcing Text Dot and the Regional Transportation Council to own up on the areas of our state. That's their responsibility to maintain. It's not my responsibility to maintain your state highway. It's yours and I've got one here that's absolutely unsafe. And you know, just just to use the little redneck leverage. And I've also shot, you know, forty minutes of video, so when we do sit in front of our our group of county commissioners, I'll never look like a buffoon. That's my worst fear in the world, brother. standing in front of people and failing. It's it's for me mm-hmm. that's the drive of a lifetime
2: and and that brings me to my next question is uh you know i'm sure you know you'll you'll f- fulfill your you know your obligation duty as mayor for the term you're elected and per- perhaps subsequent ones as well uh have you ever thought of you know after that moving on to higher
0: offices maybe starting with the county and then uh moving from there well i'm 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 on the the county's planning and zoning committee i'm a uh i'm a voting member of Texas 21 our local I I can't really say they're a lobbyist group. Uh, They work with our state. They're from our state. They only work on one. You know, transportation is all they really apply themselves to. But you know, it's it's not it's not like the Regional Transportation Council or the Texas Twenty One lobbyist group that we use. It's 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 hard to explain where we're at. We are. You know, one of the larger counties in the state. But at the same time, the borders fall strange, so you have a lot of overlap. You know, eight miles down the road, you have just one particular neighborhood where half of it's in Kaufman County, or Van Zandt County, rather. You know, the first three or four east-west streets are in Hunt County proper. The next four or five streets are in Van Zandt County proper, and and I don't understand why people at that level, sheriffs, for example, you know, if, if this was – if I had ran for sheriff and been elected, that whole power struggle over there would have been settled in two days. You know, our school, had, our school had turned its back on our city. Well, not not that they were throwing rocks at us, but they didn't expect anything from us, therefore we never had to provide anything. You know, we have several parades a year scheduled, and uh, the uh, – I guess she's the director of community operations – and she's a go-getter, and she's an event planner, and I, I, I don't – I think me doing this job as long as I want to, as long as I continue to put into it what I put into it. The Our county needs help. Have
2: thought of any county commissioner seats so and then maybe even moving up
0: from there? I don't see that out of the question. I mean, I it's – I didn't know what to expect here. I just I knew that this could be no harder than running the business. I mean, we have twenty four, twenty five, you know, admin men and public works employees, and it's getting the right people with the right talents into the chairs that could use those talents. You, you, I mean, I fought for them. I fought for our PD. I fought the city council just to give them breathing room to reestablish where they're at now that. You know, you've never had equipment for 10 years. Guess what? We're going to Walmart today. We're buying everything on your school supply list, and we did. And, you know, you, if you can't work for a company that puts a little pride in itself, much less has any left over to try to slip you a little bit. Hey, you really did a good job of this. I don't think I've heard that from one council member, two maybe, in the last 15 months. So, like I say again, i state highway two seventy six our main thoroughfare, it was being paid before I had been here ninety days and you know took a- took a nokia picture phone, a windows phone to take pictures with, and a letter that took me about twenty two minutes to draft up, mainly because all the carbon copy recipients I didn't have mailing addresses for all of them you know mm-hmm. if, if you if you have to fight it's just like it's just like a bill at the house i mean let's be honest. If if I want to expand our general nuisance ordinance, um, I can't just get support. You know, while we're here, we've got a spot in the, the meeting that I schedule for council members, call council members' comments. It's their opportunity to come at me with things that they see that may become a problem either now or in the near future. And what I found out is, is I don't get any support, any any new information I didn't know about, I didn't get any help. The council members that could have helped with aspects of this just weren't interested in. And you know that's another thing I had no prior knowledge of. How would you bring this business into the city? What I found out is the best way to get them over here to get some attention time is to go to their corporate office and ask them to make time for you. They will. Um, you know, so I'm I, I could do this job forever. I love it here. I love the people. Um, and like I say the county again has its personality quirks in the different offices. And I I don't think anybody over there really knows um, you know, how to flip the light switch all the way off. They all dim it and brighten it, dim it, brighten, and brighten it. It's all a big, you know, it's just a big circle jerk. Somebody sounds
2: like uh, our Congress. <laughs> I mean if somebody's gotta
0: stand up and go, okay, everybody anybody that ever does this again is getting slapped right across the head. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't wanna hear you whining after it's over with because you knew you had it coming when you did this. You know, it's just you know, it's like my council members when you know citizens address me at the at the meetings and I address them back and I either, you know, I'm taking notes, I'm listening, I'm trying to get, you know, names, places, facts and get that separated from the fiction. It's hard to do that. Some of these people are very emotional. The the things that they're asking from the city for me are something that if I had not got six years ago, you'd have had a problem. And not only did they not get it fixed six years ago, you know, it's had a piece of tar paper roofing thrown over it, for for example. Uh, When that finally withered away, you burn up $600 worth of horse blankets because we had another fluke two day rain and nobody noticed that they were out. Um. It's, sure. it's 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 hard to explain. It's it's I put the smile on my face and a knot in my stomach, and I just feel like um, the the whole momentum of the thing that I could have used. You know, as soon as I was elected, it seemed like a you know a lot of the followers and a lot of people that were were questioning the city's work. And it's just like I told them, I said, you know, that's still your job. You have a new guy sitting in the chair. You know, he runs the office of the mayor. He runs the administrative department. But you know, complacency—that's the best place in the world for an explosion to happen. And
2: but Don, I see it's about, it's about the top of the hour, and so uh, I just want to uh, tell folks who are listening in if they'd like to uh, call in or uh, chime in, just give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And uh, make any comments uh, to either myself or have any questions to myself or uh, our panelists, uh, which we'll be having Kelly come in shortly, um, or our guest. Uh, feel free to uh, do that. Awesome. So first, before we do that, I'll just reading a, a message in chat that I may address. Uh, it's uh, it's worth repeating. But first, let's hear from the Patriot Journalists Network, and then we'll bring in Kelly.
3: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, Check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
2: And Thank you very much. I uh, was just looking at a message uh, from Keith and telling us uh, there may have been some technical difficulties uh, with some repeating on uh, his end. Uh, so thank you very much, Keith. If you'd like to. Uh, chime in just give us a call at 347-945-7428 uh but at this time let's go ahead and bring in our panelist and our constitutional scholar kelly thank you very much kelly for coming to the show how are you tonight
5: hey i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm multitasking but i'm really hearing i think the heart of what this um great mayor is doing and um so many congratulations for just an everyday citizen stepping up, getting elected. And you said you won by how many votes?
0: I believe it was 13. It was it was a very it was it was 49.7 percent to almost 51. Uh, we had 13 under votes.
5: Um,
0: it was it was very close.
5: Wow! Well, I, I'm glad you got in. it. So when you showed up, the city hall was empty. The was the people didn't show up? What, what oh, happened on your first day of, of showing up for mayor?
0: Um, my first day of showing up, I had to get a locksmith to get us in the building. The crew had actually met with the mayor pro tem at the time and dropped all their keys off at his house at 1130 at night. Um, I went outside, found the found all our shredded documents. You know, I was kind of putting two and two together. About that time, James Rowe showed up from Dallas, from Fox 4 News, and I spent the afternoon with him. And, you know, I, I basically called in friends of mine from the surrounding cities. Uh, and, as a matter of fact, last night's guest, Casey Massey was one of them. He was our Habitat Humanities Man of the Year. Uh, we had some exposed electrical. We just, it was a mess. Nothing was, nothing was as it seemed. Uh, I had city council members from two or three cities. I had a couple of municipal judges in that worked with the same software that we used. In the first day... I had to dismiss $140,000 worth of tickets that had not been properly put into our computer system. They were just stuck off in a box in the corner. <clears throat> within, within 40 minutes, I had found out that our city had been charging $5 for a burn permit. Which we were. Yeah, for a burn permit. If you wanted to burn, you know, you had a string trees. You have a wood pile in your backyard you've created. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the state law says that, you know, here in Texas, you will report that to the fire marshal. If he has a permitting fee, you have to charge what he wants. Now, ours here doesn't. We never have. And you know wow. a, again, I'm talking about a half of a trash bag full of receipt books for five bucks a pop for money we had no authority to charge whatsoever. And basically wow. you, know, you point this out to the council, you know, here's what we've been doing. Oh, we've always done that. Really? Wow. You've always been a criminal. I mean, it, it's it's. it's <laughs> oh wow. It's, I mean, and you're admitting to it. Right. I'm in the. Le- I'm in, You have know, been in the legal profession, you know, for a long time now. And what I find out is, being the highest ranking police official and the highest ranking judicial official that this city has to offer, I'm embarrassed a lot of times by the stuff that just comes flying out through the air. It, like I say, not only does it does it justify the thoughts and the feelings that I've had, it's it's the piece of evidence you need to actually charge them criminally. I don't I don't know if I feel more sorry for them because you know, they had no you know. Wait, every year TML this Texas Municipal League puts on a newly elected officials seminar. It's four pretty intense days because I did it my third week in office. And I tried to, I tried to get even our council members that have been on it for more than a dozen years. You really need this as much as I do. Oh no, I've been doing this for a long time, but you're not good at it. You you don't know what you're doing. You just want to ride in and float in the parade. I don't understand why you would invest as much time as you do, just so you could sit here in my presence and admit to me you're a criminal. It, with no, there's there's no shame in their game, brother. It, it's it's. It's the way we've always done it, so this is our way of doing it, and yeah, we'll get around to catch up with that state law thing later.
5: Wow. Got- well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm getting a strong sense that you are a public servant, not a government servant. A government servant is someone who serves the government, who wants to expand the government, the control of the government, the taxation of the government, the laws and regulations that bring in the dough for the government. And those who depend upon the government for their job must bow down and be a government servant. You yeah. sound like you are a public servant. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't. Uh, that that government that governmental service thing, uh, it does not fly for me. The government can <laughs> take care, the government can take care of itself. It does not need to be micromanaging what I do here. But at the same time, you need people at this level. You know, when I when I draft up new legislation, when I draft up new ordinances, I have to make sure that everything that I do is coate with state law. I can I can go up to the same levels, then, but I can't I can't supersede what that law, or at least the spirit of that law, is intended to to do. Here, well, here what I here what I found is we had I had to have our ordinances codified. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ridiculous ordinances. I did not have time to do all of the structured work it was going to take, and we sent our ordinances off to Lincoln Publishing to have them codified. They told me six to eight weeks, we'll have them back to you. They had these things for over seven months, and he told me. Yeah. He said, "Mr. Brock, you have ordinances that completely conflict with each other. One in the front, of the, one of the front of the book, and one of the back of the book. And we found out what your city's been doing. We think is depending on." The person with the complaint, and depending on the situation, they use either law A or law anti A to suit their needs. Over 30% of our ordinance manual was ripped out of the book because (laughs) it was not in any way legal at all.
5: Well, that's just the way we do things around here. (laughs) Well,
0: you know Uh, It's
2: it's, kind of like what our guest Terry is dealing with. Uh you know with you know being with all the charges that he's this guy has nothing to do really with the Constitution and more with statutes they're trying to keep throwing statutes at him instead of you know things that actually could have been found in the constitution and uh Absolutely. if anyone would like to hear more about that? listen to our uh our show about two weeks ago with uh, Terry on on there, who was a member of the grand jury who's now facing you know charges because he's just trying to expose corruption
5: he's got very. Well.
2: You go, brother. Hey, uh,
5: I, I, I want to throw out some things, okay? Um, that's just the way we do things around here. All right, so, <laughs> I I you know, here's a little personal story that I got bigger fish to fry than to fight this, but I fought it for years and years, just a little bit. But I'm like, okay, it's not a big priority. Uh, the state of California has endowed upon me a professional engineer's registration. 22 hours of exam, all the requirements, boom. Okay, here you go. Here's your license. Here's your, here you go. Well, in the statutes of California, I don't have to get a business license because it's covered by the state. And the city of Eureka, this little small town, love it dearly. The city council, I have a friendly banter every year. Look, I don't have to pay your $35 fee because here's the statutes. And they're like, well, uh, one year they're like, well, we're going to send the police and arrest you. For what? The state has covered it. You're not reading the statutes. Well, it's in our ordinance. Oh, it's kind research research More, you can do one or both. You can't do both at the same time. It's clear. And I write them another letter, and they ignore me. That's just the way we do things right here. And I'm, I'm friendly with these folks, and I'm just like, what's the $35 for? Well, it's for the time to give you a piece of paper. Oh, really? Thank you very much. Really? I've already got a piece <laughs> yeah. of paper. It took me 22 <laughs> sure hours. It, it, it's the <laughs> way we do things right here,
4: okay? <laughs> Here's it's my screen. just, re- Can I get just like home?
5: car registrations. Why
2: is car registration so expensive for a little sticker that you put on your license plate, a little piece of paper? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take I, them I, that – I mean, how much do these people make an hour? I mean, seriously. I mean, how long does it take to type the information into, into the computer when you're there maybe 10 minutes and then you leave? And then they want to charge you $65 or more just to register your car. In some states you have to pay uh taxes on what your car's worth like in Kentucky. Everybody uh, got a, they, is about to work. They, they have like an appraisal on their car and you have to pay taxes uh based on you know the registration is based on the worth of their car.
5: Well, Mr. Mayor, I want to go ahead and tell you a story, okay? This was... is to encourage you, all right? This is to encourage you to continue your good work and eventually you're going to have to go out and get help other people get elected as uh, the city council members, whatever you can do. Anyway, okay, Terry. Terry Munn, he's a pastor, pretty decent guy. But he has a Ph.D. in psychology. He was running the mental health clinic. Top guy there. at the Well, it's called behavioral health. Behavioral health, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so he was running it, and he was seeing people show up at 10 in the morning. To work, and, and they show up in their in their sweats. They go into the behavioral health showers, and they shower, and then they get to work a little bit toward noon, take an hour or two lunch, and then they work till 5 or pretend to work, and then they go home, and he's confronting <laughs> them. Yeah, hey, what are you doing? What? You're being paid by the county to do this job, and you're exercising and showering on company time here. Hey, 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 this is going to stop. He wrote a memo and basically says, "Everybody, look. When you when this is a profession, this is a career, this is serious. You're serving the public. You get to work and stop messing around." Well, pretty soon, after a few years of enforcing the rules, which you know you're supposed to work if you have a job, um, private sector they'd be fired immediately. <laughs> but you know, after years of this, some people just made such a stink and such a stink that he. Finally had to just, okay, I'm resigning, I'm out of here, and he became a pastor. But I never knew this. I'd known him for years, and he finally told me the story one day. So if you are doing the right thing, you are going to suffer. <laughs> that's, you know, of course, that's written in the ancient text. And, you know, what's going to happen, my prediction for you on your uh, behalf, is people are going to see, oh, this guy's done a lot of good. We're going to reelect him, and I'm going to reelect him again. And you know what? Other citizens are going to come forward. You know, I was totally, totally in defeat. I'm like, this is city so corrupt. It's a joke. I, I, I'm i just not even going to vote. But somebody like you, <clears throat> giving a, providing an example of taking the bull by the horns, is going to inspire other people to come forward. And whatever has been going on, it's going to fade away because you're going to have good people following your example. Right. That's you. I can already see that now. We we,
2: we certainly hope so, Kelly. It, you know, just hope they can, you know, not cr- crumble under the pressure that's brought the Bears uh, to a lot of folks, and they try, you know, good folks who try to run uh, for election. I mean, what Donnie was saying earlier, is, you know, how you know they're demonizing him and throwing dirt, so to speak, uh, when he was running, try to you know make him look all kinds of, uh, you know, point out all kinds of negative things about him.
0: I'll tell I'll tell you what, you know, I told you I didn't spend a penny on this election. One of our local business owners got a couple of the Beacons of Grace Ministries guys. We have a we have a, a a male uh drug rehabilitation. It's uh a couple of our churches, you know, sponsor it. Uh we have a lot of people in the town that uh that that absolutely, you know, go above and beyond, you know, to help these guys get their lives straightened out. And we had a couple that were very, very good artists. And they went down to Walmart, and they got two huge four-by-eight sheets of plywood. And they spackled that thing so that it was nice and slick. And they painted two sides. This thing set up like a tin on the ground, you know, eight-foot-long, four-foot-tall, kind of laid together at the top. And they painted a big, you know, it's about time Donnie Brock got here to fix this kind of sign thing. I never even got to see it because it was put up. On one of our our little convenience stores right there in the middle of Main Street, and it hadn't been up for four hours before somebody drove through it going about seventy miles an hour. Oh Jeez. my gosh! And I mean, this is right this is a, right across the street from the police station, from the public works department. It's it's that's sixty feet north is the PD, eighty feet to the east. Sounds like is Ferguson. City. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, they are so staunch in protecting the way they've been doing it. Like you say, regardless of whether it's criminal, whether it's just unethical, or, or whether it may even be right, but just needs to be updated. You know, the, our mayor here in Mesquite, Mesquite is one of the subsections of Dallas. It's our closest, it's our closest to the east relative of the, you know, Dallas County. They got a new mayor, and he kind of, kind of like me. My first city council meeting, there was an agenda item that was basically changing the the entire structure. Uh, They were going to take all of the powers that were presented to me by the governor of the state of Texas, and it was going to remit me to basically I would have been the third assistant to the assistant to the city secretary when this was done. (laughs) I didn't have the I didn't have the power. Yeah, I didn't have the power to pull documents and examine them without somebody holding my hand. Hmm. And you know, I basically told them, "If you and I mean, I got them before the meeting. I told them, you this is not going to fly for me. If you try this, I promise you, the next two years will be the longest two years of your lives.' You let it go. <laughs> it's time. That, it's time that we gave the kid a shot at driving the car. I've been I've been to drivers defensive driving. I've had my you know I've had my the wheel with the chaperone. It's time I got to go out on a date in the car. And you know let I me mean, just to put it in layman's terms so nobody here is confused. Here's what's going to happen. I'll let this town sit just like it is, and I'll spend the next two years of my life making every aspect of your life miserable. I have nothing better to do. I've committed two years of my time. So we can go along. And this is the path that I'm going on. My path is paved. It's an even surface. It's got a nice tread grip to it. And you can either get on my bus and we're going to go down this path or I promise I'll drag you to death in that
5: lane that you're in over there with the pothole <laughs> buddy bus because I'm not going there. <laughs> I love hearing allergies, man. It's just like I was raised on Iowa Farm, man. It's just the common sense <laughs> and allergies no, make such the point.
2: Real quick, Kelly, before, uh, before we move on, two things. One, um, I just want to relay, uh, convey a message from Dan Gray, uh, one of our other panelists here. Uh, he had to uh, go uh, early tonight uh, before he even had a chance to chime in. He just said, uh, please convey my regrets to Donnie and my admiration for his honesty, decency, and hard work for liberty. And so that was from our contributor, and panelist Dan Gray. And uh, we missed you, Dan. We hope uh, you uh feeling better sooner getting the, the rest that you uh, need and deserve. So, uh, yeah, he had to go from us uh, early tonight. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Dan uh, gets, as I said, the rest that he needs. And uh, we'll be all rest up and, and gearing up for our shows in 2000. And uh, 15, and, and before we close things out uh, later on, of course, because we've got plenty of time in the show, uh, we can talk a little bit about what we're working on uh, for, the, for the show starting in January. Now, you're working on some things, uh, Kelly. I'm working on a few things. I'm sure we'll be working on some things with Cindy and Dan. I'll be bringing things in as well. But let's go ahead and bring it back to you. But first, uh, for those who'd like to chime in, uh, there's still about uh, 40 less, 40 minutes left of the live time, and hopefully we'll be able to go to extended period. Um, we, we may or may not. We'll see how that goes. I know last week, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, and it cut us off. Let's hope that doesn't happen uh, again. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but we'll trudge forward uh, regardless. Uh, so if anyone would like to chime in or at least to just uh, call in and listen to the show, just give us a call at 347 945 And, again, that's 347-945-7428. But before we bring you back on, uh, Kelly and Donnie, let's go ahead and hear again. uh, For those folks who are uh, just now listening to the show or haven't been here that long, uh, let's hear from the Patriot Journalist Network.
3: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. I'm right, so to ask a
1: question.
2: On Twitter. Real, real quick, uh and that's also on Twitter if you're a a Twitter user and you see the hashtag PJNets, that is uh who you're seeing is uh the Patriot Journalist Network. That is the hashtag for the Patriot Journalist Network that you see there on Twitter. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly. Go ahead.
5: Well yeah, um, Mayor, I I so you've you've been in there, you're having some struggles, of course. The public's becoming aware. Um and as I mentioned before, the public's going to be, oh my gosh, I'm in power. We got a man in there. So, how are your constituents, uh, how are the constituents uh, responding?
0: Um, well, you know, I've I've taken some stuff that they've never had before. You know, the the mayor's office was buried this big grandiose, you know, Roman Coliseum of an office with this big ornate desk and the, basically a throne, which I didn't like. So we had a little bitty tiny boardroom that's right up by the door that actually has windows in it, which is a lot more my redneck style. And you have to pass by my office door, which is always open, just to pay your water bill. There's no getting into the city hall that you don't have to see me first. And I think that it's, it has become a uh, – you know the, the new open door policy, um, we're working feverishly on – a website so that I can put all of our financial information up there, and if you'd like to know what I spent on pins last Thursday, you can look and see if you'd like to see what the what the percentage of spending on our budget items is, it's all readily available to you you know our city had we did we we hadn't completed the first step into getting our gold star for governmental transparency from the state of Texas. I have almost two thirds of it completed in fifteen months. Oh wow! I, when I want to when I want to look at something that I'm paid for, I don't want to hear excuse as to how hard it's going to be for you to go find it, which I was told a hundred times. Uh, you know, it is, what, it is what you're asking for is just really unrealistic. Horseshit. It's never unrealistic for for you to not be able to see something that you're paying for. Period. And it shouldn't be a problem for. You know, a handful of clerks to go pull the document you'd like to see. You'd like to see who filed for permits last month. Here they are. You know, everything in our everything in our city administration for years was it was taboo to even request information, much less you know to go and argue about it. When they say, well, they give you their lame excuses to why they don't you know really don't want to do that. Um, You know, I just (laughs) I don't want to hear that from a guy. We're giving thousands of dollars to a month. What I want to hear is. Hang on one second, Mr. Brock, I'll be right back with that for you. And well, you know, now that I've opened it all up, this mad line of people that was standing there, you know, 15 months ago to get information because it's the only way you could get it. The line is gone. It's like, okay, Donnie's been elected. You know, I don't have a magic wand. I can't just wave it and everything's perfect. I can only fix the things I know about, but the the detrimental side of that at the same time is is I don't have the input from the citizens because they are not—I don't want to say complacent, but they're comfortable knowing that, you know, if you do come ask to see something, I'll show it to you, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And if it's, you know, if it's ugly, I promise you, it's something I'm already working to get straightened out. But you know, it's just like they—they're not asking for anything anymore, which is kind of perplexing. It's—it's—I feel it's a—it's a false sense of of security. You know, I don't have the complaints that used just, to just pile them, and the, they're non-existent. If you call, and whoever answers the phone, we will put you in touch with the person whose responsibility is to take care of that for you, and they'll be out there in the next thirty to forty-five minutes to take care of that for you. We've never had that as a city before. Wow! And you know, like I perhaps if
2: they can be done locally, maybe I can. You know, call for less federal oversight that we're, we're seeing, and, and, and you know, federal you know marching in on uh, state and, and local sovereignty, which we well, still got to get do that that show uh, on that <laughs> Kelly. We talked about that a long time ago, which we we still need to do our series, and perhaps that could be one of the things that we can
0: make sure happens in 2015. Well, I promise you, if you march on my state. Our local is going to be there to meet you before you ever get to Austin. All- it's you know it, it, is, it. i hate to say it's a redneck thing, but you know we've our school district deals in a lot of federal funds, and you know they just received. Yeah, a I want to touch on that about Common Core. Go ahead. Yeah, our our school district here just received a four point, I believe it's four point seven million dollar grant to put in an after school program, which the federal government calls the ACE program. There are certain things that they have to provide in certain hours they have to provide it, and of course, you know reading the sales pitch it's a you know it seems like a very good car, it gets good gas mileage, it's easy to drive, it'll park itself parallel for you if you don't know how to do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera but this mm-hmm. thing had been in it had been in place for a couple of months before you started realizing how how stringent the the fingernails of the federal government were into that you know it, it oh yeah. It's you know everything that you get from them comes with the payback. It comes with an i o u and sometimes mm-hmm. the interest- is sometimes the interest rate's point o six percent and sometimes it's a hundred percent and you know for me, it's just like I told them we may have to we may have to drag along for a while, but the truth of the matter is is hell, I have two years worth of revenue in a general fund uh if i if I continue to pay my bills. Every month, I gave everybody water, and uh, yeah, we could go for a little more than two years before I ever had to have a penny to, to start paying for things again. Now, when wow. you try to when you try to explain that, you know, you look at Dallas. If Dallas is ever fifteen percent ahead, you know, actual versus, you know, we have to do a lot of mind games. We have to do a lot of, you know, guesswork to get this budget together. But at any time, Dallas is fifteen percent ahead of their actual budget. They are going to take that money, and they are going to stretch a loan out as far as they can. They're going to start a major, major, major project of some sort. You know, talking talking to the locals, and you know they have they have the same dreams I have. I want a I want a I want a little city that's quiet. I want a little city that has businesses not in our residential neighborhoods. I want to have a traffic pattern that does not stack seven thousand cars up at the the boundaries of three or four of our residential neighborhoods just to get through our town. And you know they they've dreamed this dream for so long now that they're starting to see it coming to fruition. Uh, You know, it's like saying I don't know if anybody's even going to go vote next election. It's it's a level of of complacency that mm-hmm. for me, you know, a little military background, a lot of you know, a lot of high pressure, a lot of uh you know, a lot of fight or flight, you know, jobs that I've had and, and positions that I've built. You know, complacency is the devil. If you're not fighting for something, you're just not you're just not fighting. Sure, I, wow. think that's what I, want to, I want to throw something out.
2: We're, go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to make a comment that I think that's happened. You know, people are waking up now, but I think that's what happened nationally, and that's how the uh, federal government's got a lot of its uh, its power now is, so, you know, we were complacent for, you know, quite some time. Or a lot of folks, you know, most folks were complacent for quite some time, and that's why we're finding ourselves uh, with folks like Obama and, and what they're doing. Go ahead, Kelly.
5: Well, I really like um, the transparency policy you have. Transparency is huge to the public. And there's something stunning, Uh, um, the verdict. I call it the verdict. It's what Christ uh, said about the human race. He said, this then is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men hated the light because their deeds were evil. And they would not bring their deeds into the light for fear of being exposed. But whoever does what is right comes into the light so that it may be seen clearly what has been done what has been done through God. The book of Matthew. <laughs>
0: it's,
5: yeah, ahead, it's actually John
0: three. yeah, it's
5: John 3, basically. But transparency gives a lot of people, hey, this is a good thing. Just naturally, we don't understand it, but Christ nailed it in John 3 in the verdict. Now, um, I'm hearing... Um, you are under a um, and, and Robert, please don't turn it into the Barge Logic Gospel Hour. Um,
2: <laughs> yes, I, you know me. I'm definitely uh, not trying to do that. Go
5: ahead. I <laughs> know. No, I I tease Robert here because uh, you know his his the faith is a little different than mine. But you know, I definitely believe in, in Christ and in and, and the amazing things he's done. I turn it into the Gospel Hour now. Anyway, very rarely. But anyway, yeah, you do. I, what,
2: Come on, with the pagan here. Go ahead.
5: But what I would encourage um, Mr. Mayor I would encourage A uh, prayer meeting From a number of churches And the reason is Is because it sounds to me You know in uh, Ephesians 6 The the, um, spiritual battle We're under uh, principalities etc You are fighting a intense An intense spiritual battle here And if you call A prayer meeting with the churches Which there should be no code against this um, I think you're going to have breakthroughs not just in um, – it's going to be huge breakthroughs spiritually to break these strongholds down. But, but secondly, I think you're going to get um, constituents a little bit more uh, supportive, a little bit more um, empowering, uh, empowered that they might might help you out, help the city out in whatever way they can, even just a simple word of mouth, which in a small town, that's huge. But um, – and, and, and even in their private prayer life, they they could be praying for you to break down these these strongholds that you are opposing. Well, we have
0: we have here. I mean, that is here where we're at. the, the churches together, they are the tie that binds. You know, I, I just we just had for the first time in, in the, the history that I can remember, we had. You know, our, our city is little more than one point three square miles. Now, we're basically landlocked. If I could expand my boundaries three-quarters of a mile in every direction, my population would it would jump up by 300%. But the one thing that we do have here that you can count on is our church structure. And like I say, weekend before last, I had members of all seven churches underneath the roof of one church, and nobody left there with a bloody lip. And as humorous as it is, uh, you know, it's the first time ever because you have, you know, you have the Methodists pointing at the Church of Christ because they won't play musical instruments. You have the Church of Christ
5: clandering
0: <laughs> the Catholic Church because they <laughs> need wine with communion. It's like, you, you see know, why I say
2: I of these things, Kelly? No, go ahead, guys. <laughs> 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 it,
0: it, 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 it's basically, it's like, Seven different gangs that are all flashing gang signs at each other, you know we we all have the same habits. you know nobody's immune to the man it's hot, I'll have the beard you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's not, and it it it's it's disheartening to see our churches split apart for political reasons. Uh, you know, and like I say, during the election, you have you know you have a we have a large, large, large First United Methodist Church here, and you know a couple of council members go there. I I attend a church that's in a whole other city because the pastor there was a friend of mine in high school, and I leave the phrase of worship, and I enjoy my one day a week of of partial solitude because I don't have I have a lot of friends that I went to school with. And some of but most of them still live around here, but they don't really live here as my constituents. And it's hard to it's it's not hard to be a normal person with normal people. And when I say you know normal people, I'm talking, you know, their they their earning bracket is the same as ours. You know, we have a we have a large indigent populace here. And it's 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 hard to stop, you know, for me to, you know, spend an hour in a district judge's chambers uh, discussing new legislation from the state that we're going to have to address here in our personnel policy manuals or our ordinance manuals. It's hard for a lot of people to leave a a highly educated legal conversation and jump into a conversation with someone who may not have much more than a ninth or tenth grade education. When you can breach that boundary the way I did, you know you really can reach out and touch everybody at the same time.
5: Well, that's why I love your analogies because they're working, and I, I really want to throw this out again. And, you know, it's an encouragement, and 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 I know, I um, know you're mentioning that, you, that the churches are seeming to come together. See, irregardless of, of uh, political affiliation, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Justice justice absolutely supersedes all this and quiets everybody. And sure. when you are approaching the churches, please pray to break these strongholds down. We have injustice, we have uh problems. This is about the community, it's not about me, it's about how do we better um the lives of the citizens here? How do we we make sure justice and and statutes that are reasonable, not conflicting can be put in place? We have people opposing us from uh, behind the scenes, through whatever connections they have. How can we come together, pray for justice, pray for a better community, and and put our political uh, affiliations aside? You gave me a little look at public works. Is that political or not? No, it's not. You know, you got roads, you got water, you got sewer, you got the things that makes have really improved our lives. How can we, in these neutral areas, come together, pray, and and break down the archaic. Well, it's just the way we do things around here. How do we break down this attitude and and make the changes we need for the better? Well, I, I, again, I think it comes
0: back to, it, you know, around here there's there's very little self monitoring. Uh, they just from like our,
2: changing the American's uh, political sca- landscape.
0: Is what you're talking about there, Kelly? Go ahead, uh, Donnie. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it comes to monitoring. When I got the citizens surrounding. These city council meetings with their arms crossed, obviously unhappy with the situation, and they get a chance to hear me address these other, you know, the other council members and these other boards and these other committees, and basically I'm eloquently asking for the same thing that these people are asking me that, you know, may not have the education they wish they had. You know, they're able to sit there and see me address people at the level they're accustomed to being addressed. And you know it's one thing to have one person interested in the outcome of what's happening. It's a whole nother for two hundred and eighty people to be there with their arms crossed, knowing what they expect because they are the majority. It's kind of a you know when I address the agenda with my city administrator, my city secretary, we may rewrite that thing five times because i need to I need to present this I need the outcome to be one of two things. You either voted no to this because it's absolutely the right thing to know, and if you didn't vote no to this, you're a scumbag. Or I need you to vote yes for this because it's the right thing to do for the community and the citizens, or you look like a scumbag. There's a very there's a very skilled art there that I had to you know, I had to take the conflict out of everything we did. There had to be one right answer and one wrong answer. And the wrong answer made you look like a scumbag. If you have 280 people watching you, you're tended, you you usually tend to do whatever creates the less friction with that group. But if you put it to yourself so that you are the person that notices you're not what you're supposed to be, you're looking out for something other than the needs for the people that you took an oath to serve. If you're not serving them, you're serving yourself. And like I say, if you're serving them, everybody's happy. If you're serving yourself, there's 280 people there. One of them's going to figure you out in a matter of minutes. And that has been, at least, even if it didn't get them on the right path, it got them into a mode where uh, they weren't being offensive at all. They weren't necessarily being defensive and running away, but just the nonstop static of that's illegal. That's illegal. You can't do that. That's illegal. You can't do that. That's illegal. Well here, here's my local government code. Here's the Texas penal code. Here's my traffic code. Here's the here's our Texas Constitution. Here is the criminal procedures manual. Here's the United States Constitution and all the amendments. You have four minutes. Please show me you know which law I broke. Wow, because if you can't in the next four minutes, it's going to be a problem for you, because you just accuse me of being a criminal. You no, know I said what you're trying to do is illegal. That makes me a criminal. This is on. We're on the record. This is a this is a business meeting, and um, you know we're not we're not servicing the people we work for. You're servicing your ego, and I'm done with that. Wow, that's even the self the self importance of these these titles that we're given you know i i I always dress appropriately for the office you know it's it's buttoned down it's tied it's suit jacket, it's polished boots, it's a belt it's a buckle it's a bag that shines like a diamond in the sky, but you know to see me go to you know one of my several different volunteer jobs that I do it's,
3: it's It's
0: flip-flops. It's, you know, it's cargo pants. I'm going to go get in a big, if I'm going to get a big coarse trough with a tiger and wrestle with him for two hours, you're not wearing a dress jacket for that. (laughs) But you have to remember that any time I'm wearing shorts, I can put my mind in that dress jacket and I can address you just like you need to be addressed. At the same time, I can always remember that no matter how high that tide is around my neck, in my mind, I can put on flip-flops. That's, that that is I, a, I, I,
2: that's well that's one thing I can that, that's one thing I can say I can never do uh Donnie is is put on flip-flops you will never see me ever
0: wearing sandals flip-flops
2: the flip-flops
0: <laughs> they're only in your mind brother that beach is just a blink away. I
2: wouldn't even wear them in my mind. I can't stand them. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, here's
0: a, we're gonna sit uh, I can't. Them.
2: I, I can't stand sandals, and I can't stand at least. For, at least for me, I can't stand sandals. I can't stand flip flops. I would never wear them, even even mentally. Wearing them mentally makes me
4: cringe. <laughs> well, well, I'm
5: After dark is coming in twenty minutes, where we get a little bit more raw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm that's true. Try. I just got my laptop booted up. We're gonna see how much
0: pull the mayor's got here in town. I'm gonna to request some guys give us a little holler. Maybe we can get a uh we can get it we can get an outside looking in perspective. i tell you what it's like from the inside looking out. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes you look out and it's like, Oh, Christmas is out there and sometimes you look out there and it's the scene in the the twister movie where the cows are flying around the truck back and forth like yo yo's Yeah. Nothing, nothing's happening. But they're gonna, they're gonna
2: call in the Well, if they're going to call in this evening, Donnie, they'll need to do it within the next 18 minutes, and this is for the folks listening on the line. And uh, you mentioned Bard's Logic After Dark, as we like to uh, teasingly call it. Uh, But normally what we call it is the extended period of the show, and barring no uh, technical difficulties, we'll uh, have at least some of it, if not in its entirety, uh, which uh, lasts about an hour. Uh, So we do have plenty of time if we can not experience any bumps like we did last week. Uh, is that? but that's in about 18 minutes, so if anyone wants to uh, call in and listen to the extended period or chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428, because unfortunately, if you don't, it's the clock strikes midnight, uh, which is in about 17 minutes now. Those listening to the audio who are not called in, uh, the audio will drop. However, the recording will still go on for the podcast which will be available for folks to listen to the rest of the show. And also the link will provide a place for your friends to go to and a link that you can share to your friends so they can listen to uh, the show itself. And there's also a way to download the episode into an MP3. And I believe uh, the show also, as a says, it's a podcast, uh, is on iTunes You can get it from iTunes as well uh, for free at this point. Uh, So if you'd like to chime in or listen to the extended period, again, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you guys.
0: Awesome. All
1: right, almost done here
2: back to you, Kelly. Right. Kelly, go ahead. I'm uh, answering
5: the message here. So how many, let's see. There's about 8,000 people in your city?
0: Well, it's not, it not, yeah, it, it, by this time at night, my population is down to people who just live inside the city limits, and it's probably our populations between 1,700 and 1,900. Every house inside the city limits that is will pass a certificate of occupancy inspection has people living in it. I'm surrounded okay. on all four sides basically by huge pastures and since I'm a type A general law city, I do not have the ability to uh annex property. I have to I have to take the available amenities that I have to offer and I basically have to sell our cities to these to the people that live around here. The problem is is a twelve hundred acre cow pasture that has three hundred cows on it, well those cows do not care if they poop in a toilet. They do not care if they have to turn a faucet to drink. So, you know, I'm kind of landlocked. But if you were to take my if you were to take my population on a Saturday afternoon at two o'clock, it's probably somewhere near eight to ten thousand.
5: While wow. you
0: know when school is in, you know, our our school holds three hundred wow. well, I say three hundred, it's probably they probably have three times as many people that go to school during the day you know elementary through high school as do live in this town as a static you know ticker on the census and like I said it's hard because of the mass influxion, you know we have to schedule our police force around school drop off uh afternoon you know rush because you have to come in a main highway stop you have to turn onto a a little two-lane Highway, which is thirty four to travel either north or south, and then you know at that juncture you have to back over on to two seventy six so we have a we have a myriad of mazes in our town. The first thing in the people trying to skate through town without getting on a street that they know is backed up forever same scenario again starts about four o'clock and travels on to six fifteen six thirty um, it's 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 weird the way it works, let's say because. It sometimes, if anything went bad, if I brought every police officer in that I had, we're still not going to be able to maintain it. At other times, I can have one here, and he's too many, realistically. So hmm. it, it's it's hard because of the. I can't blame it all on the traffic, but I mean, you know, if, if for me, if I'm going into your city, and I've been sitting in traffic for 40 minutes just to get into this thing, and now I've got to take a little a, a little. Five turns, zigzaggy path through residential, you know, residential areas, to, just to get to the, back to the edge of the commercial department. I don't feel like stopping and eating anything. I'm pissed. I want to go home. You know, we, we lose a lot of business here ourselves, West Walkeney, the next little sister city down by the lake, because of just poor planning. Our city now sits like most. We have north, south, east, west runs of our major you know, major streets. But the problem is is, you know, seventy five, eighty, eighty five years ago, there was a train that came right through the middle of our city on a way less than perpendicular path. It started out in about the about the middle of our of our uh outlying border and cut sharply at a very healthy southeasterly direction. We replatted half of our town for this train. Wow. And now that we're trainless, you know, we're looking at it's a it's a logistical nightmare. Lot number is yeah, wow. it it's yeah. you know half of them run at an angle, half of them run north south, and we've been trying to correct that for years. But you know, like I say the, the thing that kills us is definitely our traffic pattern. Even though I say at the same time I say it's not definitely our traffic pattern. I mean our traffic
5: pattern is what it is. People are gonna go that route regardless. Well, let me – you know, again, I'm a civil engineer. Um, Do you know any civil engineer locally that might be able to volunteer some time and write a letter or two of of how to improve this?
0: Well, you know, I'm on on the Regional Transportation Council. I work with Texas Department of Transportation every day. I fight for money for for other projects they have. I fight for money for other cities that they have. Uh, again, it's you know if I've sat down and read through it and I've looked at what I'm you know looked at the this, this census materials, traffic counts, uh, areas of of you know crime patterns. You know we have all these. Oh, everybody here gets shot with a gun. Everybody here gets stabbed with a knife. Let's figure this out. There's a, there's something in here that'll tell us why this is happening
5: this way. Right. Well, and, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, do you know a private civil engineer that might be practicing in Quinlan or? Uh, another town nearby that can can volunteer his time to take a quick look at traffic and other infrastructures because if you have somebody willing to donate their time, which could mean they could have some type of engineering contract later, um, through the public process of bids, and he'll have a huge advantage because he volunteered his time, if you can get in touch with one of them, a person like me, you could really have a strong ally in one of the most I know this this is this is this is humorous, all right, when I tell you this. One of the most powerful things us civil engineers have is our dull and boring letters. Our dull and boring presentations because we're not salesmen. We're not like a used car salesman. Our dull and boring presentation is so influential, it's stunning. If you can find a guy like that who's willing to start out by volunteering his time, I think you're gonna have a huge ally to solve this traffic problem. You know, I've here's what I here's what I'm working with.
0: I have the engineering drawings, I have the it's it's gonna be an outer loop, it's gonna connect my outer two seventy six that everybody cuts through town to get back onto. It's gonna sweep it through a lot, it's gonna run right down next to my park. I've got Texas Department of Transportation agreed to put in my drainage system and my sidewalk system for everything on the south side of the park. And it's going to leave town, go through a hay pasture, go through a couple of the corner of a couple of little ranches, and then reconnect with our – it's just going to give me an outer loop. It's going to give me a half outer loop. And that will fix our problem immediately. It will put our traffic where it needs to be on the four-lane roads with a turn lane. It will keep it off my two-lane You know, my residential streets, which are just getting core up. I've got it all in place. What I need to do is figure out which one of these, you know, which one of these departments is going to fund my project. And I wear my state representative out to the point of where he's begging for mercy before he ever even gets on the phone. And it's, it's not that it's his job, but we're at a juncture where I've never been before since I've been here. We're at a juncture where I know it's somebody's job sitting up here but I don't know exactly whose job it is to come take a look at my situation and help me fix it.
5: Uh, Well, of course it would be the uh, public work director um, in contact with other um, outside agencies. Um, And if the public works director, I don't know what to say if he's not willing to do his job. And I I don't know what what ability you have to fire people or not, but – you know, let me throw out a story to you, okay? And this may not apply to your situation, but it Real
2: quick, Kelly, As I, real quick, Kelly, I do want to let you know that I do see uh, Cindy is on the line. Cindy, I do see you there. We'll, we'll get you in after Kelly's story. And I do see there's only about eight minutes left, folks, uh, of the live portion of the show. So we'll be shortly going into the extended period. So if anyone uh, is going to call in so they can chime in or listen to the extended period, as long as it may go, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Again, uh, the number is 347-945-7428. Go ahead, Kelly, and then after you, uh, we'll bring in Cindy.
5: Okay, this may or may not apply to you. I don't know what authority you have to do this or not. Andrew Jackson, he was a president, um, 1828, 1832, 1836. He terminated the Federal Reserve of his day called the Bank of America. <clears throat> All right? But when he first got elected, he went through the federal government and found those connected to the money trust, i.e., you know, Bank of America, those people, Federal Reserve of the day. All right, so he, he went through the federal government. He fired a third of the federal government. He says, one-third, you're gone. Goodbye. Get out of here. You're connected with evil people. Um, I, I, I don't know if you have that authority or not, but I just thought I'd tell that story. That was like, well, no wonder why somebody tried to assassinate uh, Jackson and two flintlock pistols didn't fire in January of, I think it was 33. But, you know, it, I I don't know. I don't know how that works in your area.
0: Well, you know, I have – I have municipal officers I have a municipal secretary i mean I have a city secretary i have a municipal attorney um I have the municipal judge i have all the municipal officers answer directly to me. I bring them in get them out as i see fit uh, everything else is basically you know from a from an employee level to a uh, a a, cr- a group leader up to my public works director they are they're just every, your average employees. They're at will employees. Um, our chief of police is an at will employee, but his office is the municipal office. Without my and this is how it was put to me two days ago, we've been kind of looking at this for a long time. Without my without my powers that were bestowed upon me by the governor of the state of Texas, there is no corporate umbrella for my city. There is no you know, there is no 501c. There is no anything. There's no ability to convene a municipal police force. There is no. There's no power to convene a city council meeting or anything else. And it's you know when I started here, and like I say, we showed up and there's just nobody here. Um, I, I could you know, it's like I say, I can get anything. I can get anything out of my council that the city needs as long as I uh, – I hate to say swindle. It's really not a swindle. It's just a, it's just a spectacular way of wording something so that the two sides are inexplainably separate from one another. There's no way you can say, oh, I – I meant to vote for that other thing, but I just didn't understand this. This other, you know, I have to put it out there so that everybody in that room understands. This is the vote that's going to lower our water rates and get us on with another company who's not going to shoot bromine into our system every third day. Or if you vote no, you buy bottled water and don't care what happens in the citizens' homes. It's, it's. I hate to say that that sounds kind of almost premeditated. But I think that since I've started doing that and I don't necessarily tell I don't necessarily tell my council or any of the citizens which part of the agenda was put together by me alone, which part was put together by Mr. Adele alone, or which part of it we put together together. We have a very good working relationship and uh he does what he does very well. And but at the same time, you know, the the uh, what's the term I'm looking for the the opportunity for them to uh, divide and conquer it, it, it still remains to some extent and I you know as a for me not being the mayor I just try to picture what it's like to be a city council leader meteor pardon me a city council member and only have to show up you know two days out of a month tops. And I can complain about whatever I want, but I'm not actually responsible for fixing it or overseeing it or finding, you know, budget money for it, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said that that puts me back to the only, the only way I can even explain it is some weird sense of overimportance, um, you know, irregardless whether I was happy, whether I was not happy, you know, even when they were trying to limit my powers i could care less it's a piece of paper i'm still the mayor and i can still point the chief of police and go him put him in cuffs take him to jail for 72 hours tell the jp that i'll contact him sometime between now and then tell him what i've decided to charge him with you know that never goes away i've never you know i've never used it but it's it's there as a council member you don't really the only power you have is the power of your vote but I just can't picture me ever using the power of my vote to stall or manipulate or jeopardize. It'll play the part, for example. There our are our rising drug issues here, that I've, I've stomped on them like I was a, one of the river dancers for about the first four months I was in office. Um, if, if I don't address it, it's never going to go away. I can't ignore it from my position. And now the people that have been here for so long that should have noticed it years ago, they're only starting to notice it now because they can throw it in my face. I mean, that I may be completely asininely wrong in that, but it happens enough for me to think this is, can be the only thing it is. You know, that, that, simple, that simple rift in, you know, an important meeting may set two or three projects back anywhere from two to six months. And like I say, they they to some extent don't get it, and they to some extent they just don't they don't care about what they did get. They didn't get a lot of it, but what they did get, it's not important enough for them not to continue doing things the way they want. And I think that that self that self absorption is paramount is uh, to disaster. You, that that disgruntledness it, it spreads like wildfire. Period. And, you know, you hear a sob story from, you know, your friend's wife, and she's telling you that her boss at work is such an evil creep, and, you know, she's going to they let her go, and she going not understand why, blah, 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 blah. Well, she, she's usually the one that fails to mention that she failed three urine tests, you know, in three weeks back to back to back. If you don't know about that, if you don't know both sides of the story, it's very easy to, uh, you know, to have a house of cards come down on your head. And these people not only – it's like I say, it's, it's not even a matter of if it's going to happen. It's only a matter of when it's going to happen. Our last EDC meeting, my city council, my city administrator came back to city hall where I was putting packets together. He had, no, he had no blood in his face whatsoever. He was completely ashen. And he told me, I thought our 83-year-old city council member was going to get up and physically assault one of our 60-year-old city council members.
1: This is
0: you know, it's just like I said, well, who who the hell's running that meeting? Why is nobody going to jail right now for this absolutely it's unforgivable? Well, who's, gonna, who's gonna take who's gonna take our old school superintendent to jail? You, all the way up to the oldest one in this this meeting that went to school with with Mr. Epperson, um we ain't say nothing to him. This is like say it's an out of respect deal, but at the same time, it's forcing a disrespect into our situation. That I'm so accustomed to being the bad guy. You come to City Hall, you're on a rant and a tear about my chief of police. He's a sorry, you know, sorry piece of work. Or my public works director came over to your house to fix. Thank you for and refraining for- from what you were going to say. <laughs> you know, it, it's. It just it just befuddles me. I mean, I'm literally, I'm just thinking about it, floods me with so many different, you know, I can telling tell you many times i stood there and let somebody just completely empty all their emotions out just right onto my shirt, stand there and take it with a smile on my face so that I can diffuse the situation so I can find out what really happened because I know that what I just heard was not what your problem is, but, you know, I can deflect a lot better than most and, hell, I absorb it when I need to. But it's it's. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. This time, uh, I want to go ahead, because uh, we are
2: in the extended period, or sometimes what we lovingly call Bard's Logic after dark. Uh, but I do want to bring in uh, Cindy, and I want to say thank you very much, Cindy, for calling on the show. How are you? Well, uh, we were in the chat, you mentioned something very interesting for those who watch those uh, sorts of things. But uh, you mentioned something about uh, the show Survivor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and then uh, some of your questions and comments uh, that you have for tonight's show. Go ahead, Cindy.
6: No, well, I'm not normally a Survivor um, uh, follower. I'm not a Survivor. I I really don't care about Survivor except that we know somebody. um, Well, Cindy,
5: you're not normal. (laughs)
6: <laughs>
2: I know. Well, I, I know. I used to watch it. I just don't, you know, but go ahead, Cindy.
6: <laughs> Well, nobody's ever accused me of being normal, so that's, you know, totally understandable. But um, we just know Missy, the, the lady Missy, she um, owns property on the lake where my daughter uh, trains a family. Um, they're water skiers, and she trains them. Anyway, um, I appreciate um Mr. Brock, coming on, and uh, Mayor Brock, I I hope to, I wish all the best to you. Um, and I do have a question for you. I only really have one, yes,
4: ma'am.
6: but I want to press it by making this comment first. Um, I'm a supervisor on the Volusia Soil and Water Conservation District, uh-huh. and I do have a certain amount of sympathy for those elected officials that execute various actions according to how they've always done it. Um, not if they know it's illegal, okay? I don't give any excuses for somebody that knows they're doing something wrong. Uh, but if they don't know any better, I understand and I'll tell you why. As a treasurer, of as the treasurer, um, I see tons of paperwork and documents that I tell you what scares me to death. There are so many laws regulations, ordinances, and on and on and on that it's impossible for anybody but those who have studied the law, and I mean all the local laws, to be sure that they don't violate some legislation they've never heard of. I won't run for anything ever again because just my little exposure to elected office has put the fear in my heart of getting into legal trouble completely unintentionally. But the punishment is the same, nonetheless, whether whether you've done it intentionally or not. My question to you is: Do you see a way or a plan where you could do anything about the old, outdated, I don't know, unfair, overreaching laws and regulations that are on your your books there in Quinlan that are only designed to get people in trouble or uh, to do things that they don't need to do anymore? I, I
0: do. I mean, there is when I when I sent when I started going through it myself. You know, I started reading our ordinance manual. It was between our ordinance manual and just our resolutions we had set in place in the last six years. One took up a whole filing cabinet. One took up the biggest three ring binder I'd ever seen. Now, after removing the and I call them, I can just call them personal laws. Because this is never something that you would ever see in your entire life in a real municipality. This is a law where somebody pissed off a council member, and that law was enacted to make that neighbor stop doing that one particular thing. It does not – it will never apply to even even a minimum of the majority of our citizens here. And like right. I said, if I pull out the Texas local government code and I start backlashing this particular law, there is no state law to even – Give us guidance in the matter. And that's that's at the juncture where I decided to send my entire law library off to a professional. And I just asked them, remove everything that you know is not coate with state law, remove everything that violates or does not line up with any federal statutes, and give us a slimmed down version to start over with. Because, you know, I can't I can't enforce this stuff. Yeah. I got one on the front of the book that says your you know, your dogs will be found in your house, on a leash, or secure in your backyard, or you will receive a citation. That citation will be up to two thousand dollars per incident. Okay, I'm o I'm okay with that. I've never I've never in a million years ever forced somebody to pay two thousand dollars because their dogs get out of the yard. Mm-hmm. But again, later on in the manual in a whole different section I found a city ordinance that's basically the ordinance says there really is no ordinance about dogs. There's nothing we can do. We don't have an animal control officer. It, like it was 180 degrees out of line with the other one that I found. And I do, I do believe that our city has used whichever one suited their particular needs at that particular moment. And that's wow. you know that that's the part of it that sickens me the most. That's the part of it that made me the most angry was my Aunt Darlene had been given a ticket for her dog's being in her yard. But as I took a stroll across town one day, I was attacked by a dog in a lady's driveway. I walked past him. He was there, you know, just resting in the sun, didn't even look up, didn't make a sound. And he didn't make a sound until 60 yards later when he bit me, all all four canines in my calf, Tore the back, you know, the back calf out of a pair of heavy Rainbow denim britches. Mm-hmm. Tu- you know, I, I had to stomp this dog off my leg. I turned around and went right back to City Hall. Told them, here's where we're at. This lady's got two of these big old dogs laying in her driveway. She even has a fenced-in yard. So the chief of police, we loaded up and drove down there, and her door's open. Her screen door's closed, and he knocks on the door. And she told them in one breath, Those are not my dogs. I haven't seen them. And he pointed out the fact that she had two big soup bowls of dog food and clean water out there for them. And, you know, one of them's now ran from the driveway and gotten under the porch. It's obviously apparent they live there. And it went from they're not my dogs to, oh, they're just hard to get in the fence. You know, for me, you get a if it would have been me that showed up first, I'd have gave her a nice little severe warning. And I'd have sat there on her porch until she got those dogs in that yard. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like say they have they have one law for one law for one thing and one law that's a hundred eighty degrees out. And you know, for me, I love the Constitution, I love my amendments. I you know, I'm, I'm not a sticker. I don't go cramming them down everybody's throat. And, you know, like I tell them earlier in the segment, I get real tired of requesting that my civil rights be given back to me from different agencies around here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and to they me. Could say
6: that earlier. I like that.
0: Yeah, to me, I walked into a situation where I was automatically that same person. I knew right out of the gate that these ordinance would would never hold up, not for a second, in any real city.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: But at the same time, you know, they had, well, you know, you can get to that later. You know, that's not that big a deal right now. You know, we can always – to me, that was the biggest – you know, other than the fact that when I got there, all the documents that were missing, you know, all the files that were were – erased off of our server, you know, that was the next pressing thing in the world to me. I love the law. And I don't I don't just study it, I read it just to read it. I love, you know, I love seeing questionable things, you know, obliterated by Judge Reinquist and the rest of them at the state Supreme Court. You know, I like knowing that if I get to see enough of their work and I can monitor them, I don't mind knowing that if if I do get railroaded at this level by the good old boys club I like knowing that gentlemen like him are up there, Yeah. And they they study these laws and they break it down word for. word. It's like your amendments. You know, you would never you would never be able to get the search and, the search and seizure aspect out of that amendment until you learn how to read proper English, and work your work your punctuation into the sentence. Is that a pause or is that just a slowdown? Is this going to start another entire sentence segment? Or is this just going to be a, a funny, run-on sentence that doesn't make any sense? And I I mean, I take it down to – I have a ruler in my office, a special little ruler, and a pencil. And when I, when I read the law, I read it word for word until I get to the end of the sentence, and I turn around and I read this, that one sentence as a whole. And if there's any, if there's any legal definitions I require past that point – well, it says a lot. Well, how much – what's the legal definition for a lot? If we're going to arrest him for a lot of marijuana, how much is a lot of marijuana? You know, when our state, <laughs> state has to be, you know, one gram under two ounces, I don't have to agree with it. I just have to know it. You know, it's it, – I, I know it's for A lot
2: with a parcel of land. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, you know – it, you know, it's kind of funny how he did the whole Walmart thing because we didn't we – we haven't had a convened planning and zoning committee in forever. So I don't – I'm still understanding because this, this this lot that Walmart bought is smack dab in the middle of a cow pasture. So without having the planning and zoning committee, without ever having this brought up at the EDC's agenda, I still don't understand how it converted itself from a pasture – to a workable, you know, foundation for sub development. Hmm. But you know, it, it's just that kind of thing. You know, there's a million of them the cow's million. gonna go? <laughs> uh, well I mean Walmart's big, they got that moat thing we can exercise them, we can run up and down the back. Um, <laughs> it's not, not a bit of surprise it's hard to do, but when you looked at it after it was done, you went well who the hell's done that? Oh so and so did it. Holy shit! her mother owns that. No wonder she pushed for that so hard it's it just, everything breaks back down to a personal agenda. One
3: yeah. of
0: them stood up, one of them stood up Monday night for example, after the e d c the last agenda item was over. She stands up and she says, "I have found a piece of land that we could look at so that Mundo and Mundo could give us their professional opinion about what we' put there and mm-hmm. I'm looking at my I'm looking at my city administrator. This is not on the agenda. You cannot be talking about this publicly or privately, you know, with other than one member of the EDC you're a member of. And then when John Adele goes that if we we can't, pull oh Lord turn off the tape machine. We can't be. We can't go past where we're supposed to be. You've jumped into a whole other meeting by driving yourself out the bottom, you know, of meeting number one, and. What it, what it all came down to is when we started talking about price and, and location and, and, and the excavation work, it was going to need to level it out. We found out it was her brother's land. Mm. Wow. And I, I
6: guess the whole saving. The I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: More?
6: more cronyism. <laughs> that's all we got. Everywhere you look across the country, that's what government is being run by now. Just. Good old boys and their friends and their relatives, and, and it's all, you know, you help me, I'll help you. You grease my palm, I'll grease your palm, and and that's the way things go, and, and the general population just gets left out of the whole thing.
0: It is it – is, it's just like my city council members. You know, we don't have a designated district grease for them because we're not that big a town, but, you know, I can picture in a big city – if I saw one of my council members talking to two or three of my other council members around behind our apartments or, you know, my neighbor's backyard at the bowling alley in the corner, whatever, I'm snapping pictures at everything that I saw. Here's the deal. You run around me with a phone all day long, you're going to get tired of taking pictures of me just because I'm putting on weight. I, don't have, any, you know, I don't, don't have anything to hide. My mouth is too big. I don't bother telling lies because that. Yammer of mine comes out. No, you know what? I was just kidding the other day. I really did that on purpose just so you could feel like a creep because that's how you made so-and-so feel. It's kind of like it's part kindergarten teacher, part president, uh, part jailer, part English teacher. You know, it's it's a lot, it's a lot of hat, though, this job. I, it's hard to explain. I thought I would do a better job of it than this, but you know, there's aspects of it that I would love to do for the rest of my life. There's other aspects that I do not wish to do for two more seconds. I would just as soon, <laughs> you know, sell another vehicle and pay them just their whole salary up front to make sure that I don't ever have to look. There's you know, just certain people up there, and they you know, we're we're getting the hustlers, we're getting the real estate people in here, we're getting the home builders. And, you know, each one of them's got their own little hustle, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, they're salesmen. You can't, you can't. You can't criticize their ability to, uh, you know, to slide a sale on through by not saying something you might should have that you saw that the customer didn't. That you know, to some extent, that's part of the nature of that game. But I, thought, well, I well, understand
6: so salesmanship. I understand salesmanship like that with, with someone who's not um, hooked up with some council member or you know some senator or some. Uh, mayor or whatever you know, as long as, as long as they're they're um, a legitimate and, and they don't have a, a, a conflict of interest, I don't mind people coming and trying to sell sell their you know wares, trying to get a government project. or well, remember a contract. Or re- remember
2: that when I talked to you later off off air, Cindy. <laughs> remember you said that when I talked to you off of it, off air.
0: <laughs>
4: okay, <laughs> what are you going to tell me?
0: Yeah, see that's another separate huh? you, too. Some of them blurted it out loudly so you could not miss it. Uh <laughs> I it. that's that's awesome. But
6: <laughs> I'll I'll tell you
2: later I, off air. I don't wanna I don't want I don't wanna do it on air there, Cindy.
6: <laughs> Why, did I say something to contradict myself before?
2: <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm talking about you said uh you don't mind people selling their wares. I said, Okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh,
6: yeah. You're
2: gonna to try to sell me something, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, might, I just might. <laughs> you know, it's Girl Scout cookie season coming up too, so. Oh uh, well,
6: you know me. I, I I like Girl Scout cookies.
2: <laughs> well, we we'll, we'll have to talk about that as well. Plus, uh, actually, speaking of Girl Scouts, let's go ahead and uh, it is about 20 after the hour, so I want to make sure we can get this out and just go over uh, quickly uh, some of the up-and-coming things that we're working on. I know Dan, uh, you know, i like people to be able to explain what they're working on th- themselves. Uh, so Dan's not here, so he can't tell us what he's working on. But I know well, what I'm working on is I'm actually trying to get uh, either the president or some official of the Girl Scouts onto the show. Cause I know there's the big uh, controversy about uh, some of the organizations that the Girl Scouts are linked to, uh, that have ties to Planned Parenthood and things of that nature, and those types of organizations. So we're going to try to get some of those folks on the um, on the line, and you know, try to get some uh, some questions answered there. Uh, perhaps whether it's going to be either the the national president or maybe someone who would be locally on my end, uh, get them to come on and and talk about those affiliations and what all the details are. Uh, with that so I'm definitely working on that for two thousand and fifteen, the beginning of two thousand and fifteen. Uh getting them on as among uh some other folks uh that I'm working on behind the scenes But that's the the first one I'm gonna try to get on uh somewhere in the next month. But uh also Kelly, I know you're working on uh gentlemen uh coming on, a couple folks coming on. So why don't you tell us what you're working on? Kelly's you on
6: still mute. We have Kelly.
5: Sorry, I was on, on, on you. mute here. All right. yeah, I'm
6: working. <laughs> Go i
5: Kelly. I'm, I'm, I'm working on something for the local homeless committee. All right. Anyway, um, what am I working on? Well, we had, you know, of course, everybody knows about the Fergus, Missouri, and then the New York situation. You know, cops killed somebody, and then the grand jury goes ahead and like, oh, no, that's okay. You know, they can kill people. Um, and we don't know all the facts. But anyway, um, I'm working on something where... Uh, with Panda, you know, Dan Johnson, people against the NDAA and the militarization of our police. Um, the next Ferguson that happens, people are going to show up, pass out flyers, get in front of the grand jury, and say, look, get away from the prosecutor. He's biased. He can withhold evidence. So grab your own independence, grand jury, because that's how you were from the very beginning. And And then... When you issue your statement of either no true bill or a bill of indictment sending someone to trial, the public will have more trust in the decision. More trust because the prosecutor is not manipulating the heck out of the grand jury, and then we won't see scenarios where, like, 12 buildings were burned in Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah, 12. 12. Um, been and, and talking with Dan Johnson. We got to get him on the show, by the way. In talking with Dan Johnson, he was surprised the whole town didn't burn up. Yeah,
2: yeah so, we'll definitely uh, work with him as well.
5: Yeah, so you know, people are emailing me all this stuff. Do, grand jury reform? Do we need grand jury reform? No, we don't. We need to reform all the crap that happens around the grand jury when prosecutors or whoever are manipulating, manipulating for a desired outcome. Jeez. Anyway, so that's kind of one thing I'm, I've been working on. Um, you know, I mean, what a concept. Let's have everyday people with the power to subpoena and investigate the government to hold government accountable. Hey, what a co- No, that's only 800 years old. It's called the grand jury. So um, that's just something I've been working on and other stuff. But that's, that's just kind of a thing. I don't know. Are you expecting a joke? I mean, I don't know. Um,
2: From you, Kelly, always. always, Especially during the (laughs) Bard's Logic Extra Dark segment. But, you know, that's okay. Extra Dark, well... (laughs)
4: Well,
2: Well,
5: this this isn't a joke about
2: dancing in your head and stuff.
5: All right, this isn't a joke about the mayor, but uh, because you're not a politician. You know, Polly, Politicians, let's let's dissect this word. Polly is, well, of course, many. uh, Tick's Poly ticks, ticks. Oh, that's, you know, blood seeking, blood sucking bugs. Okay, so we have politics, yes. That's, you know, and, and we also have and Congress. parasites, what is Congress? correct?
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, parasites feeding on the people. Okay, and then you have um, Congress. What is Congress? Well, we have to look at, you know, what is it? You know, a fog of eagle.
2: On and huh? progress. <laughs>
6: Okay, I get
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> How about Jim shooting? I'm just
0: <laughs> I figure if that's the worst thing that gets spread around me this week, I'm in good shape. <laughs>
4: uh,
2: yeah, there you go. that's the worst thing can be said about him, he's, he's, he's doing all right. You know what? Hey, Robert. You know
6: what else we need to do? We need to get a a show. We have never – tackled common core on a whole show before. We've mentioned it here and there, we bring it up, you know, with people um like Mayor Brock and it, it comes around, but we don't really we've never spent a whole show on common core, and I think it's time we ca- we tackled that. And we have some good um people that would <clears throat> come on and um and uh debate it with us. Um sure. we got, you know, Jared that uh, came on with our communist Life in a Communist Nation show. Remember him?
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well,
6: yeah. he would come mm-hmm. on and argue for Common Core um, because he is somehow connected there. Um, <coughs> but then you can have Barbara Haney on there who is very knowledgeable in Common Core And I can get you some more. I can get Karen showing again. She came on our show a couple years ago about um, Agenda 21. She's also very up on uh, Common Core. Mm
4: -hmm.
6: I think we could really make a good show out of that, that too. Huh?
2: Yeah, we also had Rosa Corey. She travels around the country uh, talking about uh, Agenda 21. She's been on as well. Yeah, yeah.
6: Um, But I think I think um, we need to do a Common Core show.
2: Well, I remember one time Kelly helped me out. My daughter had a math problem. You you may recall this, Kelly. It was a while ago. It was last year in sixth grade where she had a math problem that they gave us. And I actually, and we all know Kelly's uh, an engineer, and I I couldn't figure this, this math problem out for the life of me. So I actually had to read the problem to Kelly, and he figured it out, took a picture of it, and texted it to me. Do you remember the text? The you know the the equation on how to figure out this math problem for my sixth graders uh, math. Do you remember that, Kelly?
6: He's working on the he's working on the homeless project again.
2: <laughs> yeah, he well yeah he messaged me that something came up. Uh, he you know I'm waiting for a response. I I thought maybe he was talking about something else. Um, but perhaps we'll get with uh, – he'll be back on a little bit. I do see we got about uh, 25 minutes as uh, we're giving that to uh, finish up the show before I have to close things out for uh, the week and perhaps even the year uh, 2014, I guess. Uh, in my off time, the next couple of weeks, I will be working on shows for next month as well as the Bards Logic Political Talk website. So I'll be uh, working on that. I will actually have a, a few days off from work, so I'm hoping – I'll be able to uh, get some things done then. And so uh, looking forward to next year, have some uh, great shows. We're also, uh, hopefully, Cindy, we can get back to trying to get maybe some of those astronauts on that we were wanting to work with. Also, uh, I know we're looking to try to get Newt Gingrich on as well. So That's definitely something I want to want work towards for 2015. And, of course, we'll be gearing up for uh, the, you know, the election for the presidential campaign 2016, which I'm sure uh, will be starting to get geared up soon
4: uh,
6: in
2: 2015, getting ready for that already.
6: Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got a, quite an election coming up, and it's not the election that's going to be as exciting as the uh, primaries because you're going to have the same fight you had in 2012 with oh, conservative tea so. partiers. Uh, fighting against the establishment rhinos, and it's going to come full force at us once again.
2: Yep, just well, you, Jeb Bush is already putting his nose in yep. it. Yep, that I,
6: you knew yep. that was predictable.
2: Yeah,
6: you know, and, and, yeah it, and then it, it, you have folks
2: like uh, you'll have you know, folks like uh, oh gosh O'Reilly, you know, saying that he's the most electable, like he used to say about Romney. Uh, Same thing he said kid. about Romney. <laughs> yeah.
6: All the all the polls are coming out exactly like the polls came out for Romney. Oh, well, he's when you put him up against Hillary, he's the only one that can beat her. You know, when you put him up against Obama, he's the only one that can beat him. You know, it's oh, just, yeah, blah, blah,
0: blah. beyond
6: me. I'll be
0: real honest, ladies and gentlemen. If you get me 10 minutes of airtime on every major network, I will be your next president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. So, what, 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 if you were to
2: do that, what, what party would you designate with? Because I don't know how far the the redneck party is going to go very good on a <laughs> national <an laughs> basis.
0: You know, it, it's even it, there's even times when you know I'll be at a you know I'll be at one of our Tea Party meetings. I may be it may be one of our locals. I may be representing three or four local chapters at you know one of the the major events. And mm-hmm. you know, I really scare the hell out of both sides. And it, it, I yeah. tried to, it, I was trying to explain to, to Dave Morris, who is the president of the Northeast Texas chapter, we were in his barber shop in Greenville at our county seat and I was in there with both of our district judges getting a haircut about four or five months ago. And I told him, I said, I scared both sides of place and they float back and forth to the left. they the w- scares them. Are you familiar with the constitution party? I am not. I mean, I've always what, we'll the, really not so much as if, the, if if it is based everything I do is based on the Constitution. I'd like to say I thought they'd we'll
2: get you in contact with some of the leadership there, um, with uh, the Constitution Party. We've interviewed uh, many of those folks, uh, and uh, and I also... actually not long ago, I guess some Saturdays ago. I uh, interviewed them, some folks from the Constitution Party, uh, live during one of their, uh, uh, I guess their winter or their late fall uh, leadership meetings. So they were lo- uh, close to where I live, and so I got the chance to meet some of their uh, party leadership as well. I finally got to meet uh, Randy Stufflebean, Cindy. Gunny, I finally got yeah, to meet I, him.
6: Yeah, I remember you saying that. I was on when you were at the... The convention
2: there Yeah, it was. Uh, I tell you what, it was great to finally get to meet him, and and I hope he takes this well when he's listening to this uh, episode. As he's much uh, leaner in person than he is on his pictures on Facebook and
6: stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, much did, did leaner did than, uh,
2: than on his own pictures. Yes, I did actually. <laughs> I told him that was, <laughs> that was off air, of course. But uh, yes, I did yeah. see
6: that. Well, because everybody likes a compliment now and then. <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're not as bad as I thought you were. Well,
2: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. so let's see. Um, look, yeah, Kelly's uh, messaging that he got uh, disconnected, but I still see him on the line. Who got disconnected? Uh, Kelly said he uh, got disconnected, but I still see him on the line. And yeah, uh, Cindy, I, did, do you have to? I know you said that there was a chance you had to maybe go, and I know I said I may have to uh, shut things down a little bit earlier uh, this evening because I've got a, a quite an early morning myself. So, uh, did, did you have to make your party comments now, Cindy, or you got to go? Or? Well,
6: yeah, I think that'd be a good idea because um, we got to get up, and we're having a big family brunch uh, tomorrow morning, and uh, I've got a, I've got a. Student coming in and <laughs> gotta take care of him, so I better get going. I have had not very much sleep lately. You can imagine with the trouble with my mother and everything. So, um. right, right. Anyway, yeah, i lines um, under
2: my eyes. It's getting scary. I'm gonna have to ask you some advice from somebody how <laughs> to get rid of those. Go ahead.
6: It's all about um, um, exfoliating, Robert. It's all about exfoliating. <laughs>
2: Well, what can I use?
6: <laughs> A- anything that that is, um, you know, um, grainy or whatever, you know, anything that takes the skin off. <laughs> there's chemicals that okay, do it. Okay,
2: sandpaper, got it.
6: There's there's scrubber, there's scrubs that do it. There's um, chemicals that do it. Um, you know, there's lots of different things. <laughs>
2: it's under my eyes, so I have to be careful. But go ahead, I digress. <laughs>
6: Well, you're not supposed to put that stuff right next to your eyes. That's for eye cream only. Mm-hmm. You put you put your um, Revlon eye stuff there or something like that.
2: <laughs> Got it. I'll have to call my Avon representative.
6: Yeah, yeah you will have to do that. <laughs> and you
0: and I are going to talk about this after we're off air, too, because I'm lost. <laughs> 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 what did he say? I'm what? <laughs> yeah, you I'm and lost. you and he yeah, are. We're going to have to sign up for these
6: after-air comments so you can get me caught back up, too, because I missed all that. <laughs> That's okay. We got on a totally different subject that you don't need to know
2: about. I've got your direct number, uh, uh, Mayor. So I'll give you, <laughs> I'll get you a call. We'll talk about exfoliation. <laughs>
6: Well, Mayor Brock, Brock, I am saying my final goodbyes, so I just wanted to tell you congratulations for the progress you've made, and I hope that you'll stick with it long enough to make some more good progress. And, um, um, you know, y- y- it's a small community, um, and maybe after you get them straightened out, you can um, uh, go for a county seat or a... Um, a state representative or something and uh, keep moving and keep clearing out and keep cleaning out these uh, corrupt governments. And uh, maybe we'll get somewhere with people like you.
0: Well, next thing, I, was, I was at first dismayed by the, it's, it's, you know, LinkedIn's a big tool of mine that I use uh, mainly since I use it to save my address book because I'm constantly dropping my phone in water and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, I was shocked to find out how many mayors, especially rookie mayors, Mm -hmm. like Steve Atlas and like we're telling you about Mesquite. His first night, they weren't trying to take his powers away. They were trying to make his term. They were trying to set their term up to three and his term down to one. (laughs) I was appalled to find that this this doesn't just happen at my level. We're kind of swept up down here and kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Mesquite's the largest subdivision In Dallas besides Dallas proper You know and, and I don't understand And I gave him some advice That I had read about He immediately had an electrician come in And he mounted a red Christmas bulb Right in the desk Right on the desk Right in front of every one of his council members And he had five buttons put in front of his seats. And if you, were, if you were speaking And your button wasn't lit up You were leaving the meeting and he said you know that that kind of that was his shell shock that he used but i was i was utterly amazed to find out that you know towns like you know some of the sub direct sub sub the some of the subdivisions in austin austin's entire city council had their text messages requested in a freedom of information act request and of course they all refused and of course the it was it was the uh, austin bulldog one of the ut papers that requested the information they refused. Four of them got jail time because when they when they heard, fight,
6: I have heard that Austin has a lot of corruption down there.
0: Well, it's it's big open corruption. It's not like little corruption here. We stay hid. We run around like rats. We don't tell anybody what we're doing. We hide everything. It's yeah. like Paul Parker down there. They go on, you know, they go on the process right, you know, dressed like they're supposed to be dressed, and they try to they try to do the same stuff with a microphone in their hand. And I was just like, I don't, I can understand the sneaky aspect of a burglar, but what's up with the burglar that goes and rings the doorbell, asks the <laughs> homeowner for a drink? You know, I mean, to me, this is kind of the same thing. You know, yeah. you know, you know, if your friends ask you to go to the bank to give them a lift to the ATM machine, you know if they're just going to use the ATM machine because if they're putting on ski masks and getting pistols out of their <laughs> socks, their book view, you know, it's not really an ATM request they're going up there for.
4: And, and it's just
0: <laughs> no. As responsible adults, you know I, I teach my kids all the time. Let me explain. Let me explain how the overlap law works. You know, there's a difference between having an auto accident and being at an fault, and having a hit and run or a failure to stop and render aid. But I told them, one of your friends asked you to drive them to the bank. Stop, and pick up a couple of more. You park out front. You know nothing other than you're giving them a ride to the bank, and they hold that bank up and they come get in that car and you drive away with them. You just became a bank robber.
4: Mm-hmm. And heaven mm-hmm. forbid
0: them in their shot one of the gate guards or you know, actually assaulted yeah. somebody with a pistol butt because you just became a capital felon. Yeah. And you know it's 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 serious the way the laws are manipulated at my the my level. I put a stop to it, send them all off, pull them all out, get rid of this crap, start over.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know, they had the K C Massey incident. You know, we had the federal government manipulating several of their laws, and the Congressional Commerce Act, you know, to to mm-hmm. enact all law fell into possession of a farm which does not exist at the federal level. And, and you let know, me
6: ask you something. You said you were from Dallas, right, or the the Dallas area? I'm, yeah, we're about forty-five minutes east of Dallas. East it's, of Dallas?
0: It's, yeah, it's my it's my nearest large metropolis near me.
6: Yeah, see, I thought that um. I thought that I had seen Quinlan on the map. My daughter lives in Northeast Texas. She lives um, west of Texarkana, in sure. uh, in a little town called Avery. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Sure. Absolutely. Goes- my, actually, my brother-in-law was the uh, the uh,
0: what is this, the sports administrator? Uh, I can't think of the actual term. Um, he was over all the all of the high school sports there for years. His name was Bill Giles. Uh-huh. But Avery, Avery was where my sister and he lived.
6: Oh, okay. when he was,
0: athle- he was the athletic director, there—that's what they hired him for. And yeah. he did that job there. But yeah, I'm quite familiar with that town, actually.
6: Well, tell me if you know anything about the reservoir they're talking about building, because my daughter's uh, father-in-law just had to sell his property because he thinks that. Um, this reservoir is gonna well they they've already told him that if they build the reservoir they're gonna take part of his property for that. Mm-hmm. Um and that he didn't mind. But then they said they're also gonna take a hundred miles of mitigation land all around uh the the wow. uh, the thing and so therefore he wouldn't be able to have his cattle there. And so he was afraid that he was if he waited and, and didn't sell till Uh, later, or when the government forced him into it, that he wouldn't get any kind of a price, you know, for it, like what he had paid for it. And so he went and sold it. But, you know, he sold it to somebody who knew exactly what was going to be happening uh, down the road, Um, but he said he had connections in Dallas, and he wasn't worried about it. And this is the cronyism thing that
4: that I hate
6: so much. So I'm, I'm saying, okay, So if my daughter's father-in-law had crony friends up in Dallas or down in Dallas, um, he could have stayed there on his property. But because he doesn't, he's getting kicked off of it. You know, that that ticks me off. But do you know if they're actually going to build it? Because my daughter said she's not even sure if they're actually going to build the reservoir.
0: But what I have heard about that is it's going to be a, uh, a tributary extension you know the the Sabine river authority of uh, the Sabine River authority the Sabine River that runs through what is now Lake Tehuakenee uh mm-hmm. has the capability because you know they they built several reservoirs upstream uh you know they built Lake Tewakenee in the late fifties early sixties, and since then they've enacted another half a dozen just right on the river basin itself mm-hmm. and uh, what they're talking about there is not that far. I mean, if you were going to move a river and, you know, or, you know, have another reservoir, um, that's not a bad place to do because the slope of the land is very minimal, usually less than 4 to 6% at any given time. That's plenty enough to keep your river moving where you want it. At the same time, it's not going fast enough to carve and force its way down things. Uh, so, you know, for me, as you're dealing with all the floods and the the uh, Lake Tewakenee we have a drought going off the lake, we're having flood situations here in town. Uh you know, it seems very doable. And it seems like, you know, thinking about what it's like out there and what's like between here and there, you know, not only is it doable, if I had to do it, you know, shedding shedding a little bit of top filler dirt and slowly steering, you know, it would be I don't think it would be that hard to do. And they don't have water there now, so it would be easy to work the existing uh Terra, so you know basically, you know at the last minute you just peel another four or eight inches off of your you know your path to your new holding system. I I don't think there's a a better topographical situation than you know that for example. I mean you can. Well, you John, can,
6: he's near the sulfur river, and he says that they're going to use part of the sulfur. They're going to flood part of the sulfur river and the 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 land the bottom land around it, Um, and that's why his part of his farm would get would get swallowed up.
0: The the sulfur river pushes so little water. Uh, You know, I mean, if if you're going to use the river itself as a digestion agent and a way to help you carve, you know, your your river bed itself. I mean, I guess I guess it would be feasible for them to push that back up and, and not swing the Sabine on out further to the east, which was their initial plans, and then back into the Red River. And, you know, to me, none of that made sense at all until you saw it in action. And then it was like, holy moly, I was making it so harder than it really had to be. I didn't catch the simple logistics of this whole thing. You know, I'm, I'm figuring for scoops of dirt, Scoops of concrete, scoops of everything else, and they're figuring the bill at you know, forty tons of this, forty tons of this, forty tons of this, which you know it gets me confused. If we, if I have to do a whole lot before the building state, I'm gonna mess something up. I'm not a measure twice, you know, cut once kind of guy. But (laughs) you know, if I was having to cut away to get water over there with the you know with the channel that pushed enough water because. What'll happen is you can't cut all that water off to the people on downstream. You have to you have to monitor what you're keeping back and still maintain what you owe them down on down the you know on down the street or on down the river bank.
6: Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah.
0: So you know, it's like say just looking at something, it depends on how big it was gonna be. But around here the But do the you sun- think
6: they're actually gonna do that water reservoir in in that area right there or
0: I don't I what don't do you know. I mean, I don't know if it's a sewer plant. I don't know if it's going to be a water filtration system. But for me, you know, the, the, the drinking the, water. for well, the population and just the fact that they're so spread out. Uh, you know, an EDC purchase like we have, we have a water extension going on right now, and I've been arguing with them for two months. And I said, look, you know, your decisions have to be, you know, be made based on what's best, what's best for the citizens. Not any individual citizen, but for you know, for all of us as a whole. And you know hmm. there's no there's no contemplating the way some people think. I mean I wish there was, there's just not. But
6: Yeah, see my I, daughter and I, we think that he's jumping the gun that he shouldn't have sold right now. Um, he should have waited and seen what they were gonna do. I don't know. But anyway, so now they're looking for more property. But the thing is, the government can shove you off of whatever property you have these days. And that's that's a, a that really sticks in my craw that they can just use um, this, you know... Uh, eminent uh, domain.
4: Whatever.
6: Yeah, the eminent domain clause uh, for just anything these days. I mean, even Walmart can get a store because of eminent domain. I just think that is completely ludicrous. So, sure.
0: Anyway. Sure. What? You know, even if you get something you need for nothing, and you get a hundred percent of what you need, for some people, but, you know, that's a hundred percent never good. And is he you know, breaking
6: I, up for you too,
0: Robert?
2: Yeah, Don. Yeah, Donna, you're breaking up really bad, buddy.
0: I am. I am stuck here at the top of the hill at the ranch, and I've got about one bar of battery left until I go back <laughs> in Getting the car. Uh, I came up here to get you signal, and now I've run through a whole battery. This thing's warm doesn't touch. I can go plug it in. They'll give me a charge in about 10 minutes.
2: Um, <laughs> well, we've only got uh, yeah, Well, we've only got about uh, a couple minutes anyway before I need to start closing things out I'm for, gonna, the, for the evening. Okay. And
6: I'm going to go on now, but I just wanted to say uh, thank you for everything, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Mary. Oh, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
6: All righty, and I'll see you, oh, Robert, and we'll talk later about <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry,
0: I'm sorry. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good.
6: Yeah. All right, All and, right I'll and, see
4: and you
2: we're guys later. And we well, going to talk about what you're going to buy from me.
6: <laughs> oh, you're right, the cookies. <laughs> oh,
2: All yeah, right. That, that, yeah, the cook, yeah, the cookies too. <laughs>
6: oh, that too. Oh, okay. All right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> All
2: right. Take care. Thank you very much, Cindy. And so at this time, uh, what we'll do is uh, go ahead and take some final comments uh, from your mayor, and then I'll have to proceed to close out the show. Go ahead.
0: Um, You know, like I said earlier, I I was shocked to find it. You know, I was shocked to find it here. I was really shocked to find it once I started using my social media to get these other mayors into a group that we could, you know, kind of a brain trust. How could we help another elected official be a councilman or mayor who walks into a situation where he's already outgunned five to one? And I was amazed mm-hmm. even the mayor could have been in some of these towns for ten or fifteen years, you know, had to claw and fight their way through just stagnancy until, you know, they were given a shot at the title. And like I said, you know, giving you the analogy about, you know, told grandma it's time for her to give up the keys of the car let like the teenagers drive. I'm almost fifty years old, and I still, you know, as I say, they still don't. They still look at me as a seventh grade kid who's running rampant. So while you're doing this, you know, you may call me back. I'll be happy to come on any time. Uh, but you know, if, if yeah, you do, yeah, if you do hear any, you, you just even the rumor this. You know, I work with I work with our state attorney general's office twice a week. I have coffee with my state representative at least two or three times a month. Uh, he knows it's just easier to stop by my office when he's in town than it is to have me come and hunting for him. But, you know, the, the stuff that I've put together, if I had it to do all over again, my problem would have lasted two days, and I'd have been back on top of my game, and I wouldn't have had to put my entire term back 12 months. That's kind of what I feel like mm. I, I've done. I haven't really been mayor for 15 months. I've been mayor for four months, five months tops. Those other months, I was a custodian, I was a, I was a research agent, I was an intern, I was a clerk, I was a librarian. Just trying to figure out what we did have, what we didn't have, what we must get in addition to, and what we must send off to be put right to begin with. And like I say, if you yourself speak to anybody, that has a situation like this. I've got 200 mayors in the state of Texas waiting to help him. Chief of police are lined up. The district judges, I don't care what the, if the the position is an elected position, I've got teams of people willing to donate their time to help put things right where they're at. You know, my city council didn't know anything about the legalities of what they were doing. They just knew Mm -hmm. if they said the people that were talking to him would go away. They just assumed they knew who we you elected official. He knows what he's talking about. I was the right. first person to out that that was a big, fat bluff like when a parrot screams at you. He looks aggressive, sounds bad. He's got his mouth open. He can bite me, but let's face it. He's a bird. You know, somebody, <laughs> right. I've got five big parrots in this house right now, and, you know… People come in, they're just amazed. They can touch my animals, and they're gentle with them, and they sit them down and put a 12-pound bird in a child's lap. There's just no issues. It's, you know, it's just the screaming is a, is a defense mechanism when they don't know what else to do to either get their way, which may be out of the cage or to the donut or whatever. You know, this <laughs> it happens with humans all the time. And if they do it once and figure out, oh, it's, Man, I was getting really uncomfortable. Me saying that made her go sit down and shut up. I'll use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. And like me, I had to learn the laws, just like you said. If you know the average person, that Thomas Jefferson wrote. You know, I can't remember exactly. I'm not gonna try to quote him, but the quote simply stated, "What good is what good are laws if they are so overburdensome that nobody has a chance to you know to actually encompass them all?" And for the mm-hmm. matter of the time it takes to encompass them. We're changing the others as fast as we can. We never have a chance to see if that law will even effectively govern the majority of the people because we're already changing it before the inks dry. And, you know, for me, yeah, that's got to stop. The Constitution was intended to be an ever evolving uh, guideline, but it wasn't supposed to be a. Uh, you know it wasn't supposed to be a body of water in motion, and you know now that it has settled, we've been using what we've been using for the longest the history of our United States it's even though it's not changing, and even though it's not overly burdensome and overly cumbersome, we're not changing it, we're just not using it the way it was intended, and yeah exactly
2: and with that uh yeah, well, with that, unfortunately, I have to start closing things out for this evening.
4: Uh,
2: I do want to thank you for coming on. You're, of course, you're welcome to come on uh, subsequent shows, and we'll definitely, you know, if you want to just call in to chime in about whatever the topic
0: is, if you have time, Absolutely. or if uh, we can touch base with you, that's fine, too. Absolutely. Robert, I appreciate it, brother. I've had a blast. Anything I can do for you, let me know. If you want some information, you'd like you know, something you'd like to work on, you'd like to find somebody that knows a little bit about it, let me know. I'll put it out there. I oh, certainly. Were you having a good evening, brother? Yeah, we'll
2: wait we'll, 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 we'll for you. Yeah, I could, ba- I could barely hear you. You're breaking up real bad. I hate to say, I hate to say it. But... Yep, we might have just, uh, yep, we just lost him. That's, we, uh, we knew that was coming. But uh, I do uh, have his number, so I'll be getting in contact with you. And I will uh, be bringing you, uh, you the link as well for folks. So thank you very much for staying and listening to the show, and also thank you for the 2014 uh, being a part of this show, as you have throughout the year, and I want to miss, wish everyone out there a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year uh, to all the listeners, and of course, a uh, Happy Holidays to all, and uh, definitely join us back in 2015, where I think we'll have an even greater year than we did here in two thousand and fourteen, but even though well, we've got uh, some things that be coming up for next year, and we are finishing off uh, this year in 2014. I will end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And we'll be looking to see about having her back on the show sometime here uh, in 2015. But you can hear more of her music by going to www. Aubrey. Ashburn. dot com. Take care, everyone. We will see you next year, and Merry Christmas. Good night.
4: Take
2: care,
1: folks. Yeah. Thank you
4: for. Everything.
2: Logic Political Talk is the grassroots show. It is your show, the people show. That is why we call Bard's Logic Political Talk the grassroots We the People show. Good night.